Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Did I catch you mid-drink? Call me mid-gargle. <laughs> cleansing, cleansing, cleansing. It's that kind of day. It, Gotta it purge has, a little. It little, has little to be. Purge. After the yeah. film we're going to review tonight. Oh, And the things that? we're, we're going to talk about tonight. They kill the music. Films and film buffs. <laughs> Dealing with his things, yeah. What kind of film buff are you, Scott? Because... I- Apparently, I'm not a film buff. Apparently, no. I'm, I'm just an idiot. Well, <clears> you know, I'll tell you what. I didn't get to, to read all of the comments. I think I mentioned that because they were kind of truncated. I'll go through it. Oh, I, hope, it. I hope you will. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll hijack the show for about 15 minutes to air some dirty laundry and, and bitch slap some, some poser wannabe film fan. But, <clears throat> but, sir, by all means, I'm stepping on your toes. Introduce the show. I this is going to be episode 52. We are going to review 11, 11, 11. Not on 11, 11, 11, but close enough. Brought to you by the film 52 Pickup. 52 Pickup. I love yes. it. Uh, we are also going to do the top 10. We're going to let you, like you said, uh, air some some dirty laundry, so to say. My dirty, my laundry ain't dirty, but somebody <laughs> soiled themselves and ate me. We're going to talk 11, <clears throat> 11, 11. I have oh. so many notes. Um. And we're going to have a reading from the terrible game. Yes, because we need more. <laughs> we, we can't stop. Can't stop. <laughs> can't stop now. Once you've had tossed salad, you never go back, sir. That, that's right. That's right. All right. So, do we want to start off with the top ten? Um, How do you want to start? No, no, no. Let's do the top ten first. Let's keep in the, let's keep in the now. Let's keep mm. in the now. Okay. Uh, one, just want to mention briefly that... Briefly. Briefly, that eleven, eleven, eleven did not make the top ten mm-hmm. in its opening weekend. As a matter of fact, or as I like to call it, thirty-three. Thirty-three. Uh, it actually is only showing on seventeen screens. It made thirty-two thousand dollars, and it made nineteen hundred and twenty-eight dollars per screen, and that's in its first week. I don't think this intends to go wide at all. I think the the reviews are so bad. For this film, I haven't, I haven't even read the reviews. Are, are they good? No, they're not. <laughs> no, the reviews are, are pretty pretty awful, actually. Uh, yeah. uh, Four point three on IMDb, and that's an early 
uh, rating. Uh-huh. So as it gets older and more people see it, that's just going to go down. It's going to go down. It's got to. It will. That film so, did not go down well, so it's, it's got to. Yeah. No, no, it definitely didn't go down well. <sighs> wow. All right. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Anyway. All right. We're going to start from the bottom, work our way to the top. Number 10 yes. is Real Steel. Uh, Joey, this look, is, look at me. Look, look at I, me. I am looking at you. <laughs> That's right, uh, Joey and I are, are, are we're, ex- we're flexing our muscles. The next step of our techno- technology tour of Movie Sucktastic, we're actually webcamming as we podcast now. Right. Uh, so I can, I, can, I can look at Joey's sexy facade as we uh, deliberate and discuss the films. Don't stick your tongue out at me. And uh, <laughs> the, the goal is hopefully in the next month or so, devise how to bring this to you, the listener, so you, be- you be- can become you, the viewer. That's absolutely correct. I, uh, I don't know how interesting it's going to be watching our floating heads talking about the stuff, but it'll be there. It's an option. Some people are more visually stimulated than others. We'll figure it out. It shouldn't, mm-hmm. be, it shouldn't be difficult to sync our webcams to one live stream. I mean, if we have to do, uh, what is it, Uvu or something like that? Ovu? Ovu. Ovu. Is it O-O-V-O-O? That, uh, where uh, you uh, can... Yes, that's the one. You can simultaneously do a webcam, and I think you can film it and stream it across. Uh, ooh, eleven eleven. We we've been. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed the time that we've been on. It just crossed eleven eleven. Joey, we're being called. We're being <laughs> we're being activated. By, by the way, by the way, the name name Ovu. Ovu. Yeah. Uh. Second best name, second only to Palaver. <laughs> oh man. If anyway, they, if they actually listen to the show, that would be funnier. But okay, let's move on. Uh, Footloose, 2011 version, uh, at number nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that is almost out of the top ten. But I will say this: it's made Eight double weeks. its budget, 24 million. It's made 48. So they're just gonna keep making them, dude. You just, know, I think Step Up Three made money. So how could this not make money? It did. It uh, Step Up. Yeah, and the third film was in 3D. Ooh, what a shocker. All right, moving on. Number eight is Paranormal Activity 3. Um, this is, you know, Halloween's over. Made $100 million. $5 mm-hmm. million dollar budget. That's next on my list, sir. You want to you wanna take got, that bet for next year? We, we got it. We, no, no, I'm just been watching it and reviewing it. I'm, I don't... You know what, you think they're making a four? They already greenlight a four? If they haven't... They have just haven't announced it. You know they're making a fourth one. This oh. is the next Saw franchise every single year. Not not in terms of quality, just in terms of every single year until people get tired of it. By, by the way, there is, of course, a Saw tie-in to 11-11-11. And, and well, it's 11, because the director directed Saw 2, 3, and 4. Well, the writer-director directed right, Saw no, 2. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and, and he has now sullied the taste of Saw in my mouth. Now... <laughs> Now when I watch Saw films, I will not be able to enjoy them because I'll know that someone from these movies went on to do this. <sighs> now, we'll, we'll get into the tie-in because I didn't actually notice it. Unless um, when you mention it, I'll probably notice it. But off, it's not in my notes at all about the tie-in. What tie-in? No, the tie-in was, I'm saying... Oh, the just the, the director? Fine, okay. Yeah, that's I the I thought tie-in. you were saying that they actually had something in the movie. That. No, that'd be unacceptable. No, that would be unacceptable. <laughs> it would be unacceptable, but I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, I'd, rather, I'd rather have a crossover with Saw and Paranormal Activity <laughs> than have Saw appear in 11. Uh, <laughs> 11, classes. 11, 11. All right, moving on. The number seven film is In Time. 
Scott still thinks it's a stupid idea. No, no. It still is a stupid idea. That's what I said. Concept. Not even idea. Concept. It's a stupid concept. (laughs) Uh, The number six film is a very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas, which, oddly enough, might not still be in theaters at Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I just don't see this having like an eight or ten week run. I just don't see it. No, that wagon train kind of sailed. I mean, part well, two wasn't even supposed to be in the theaters. It was originally filmed for a directed video, and oh, they really? shot it. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Oh, they, they they when they filmed it, it was intended to be directed video. They didn't expect to get a uh, theatrical release, but the last minute they got so much positive press, they just shot it up there. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's at number six. It's made five million, and That's there's it. just no way it'll be around for Christmas. Ain't gonna no. happen. Maybe it'll be um, a red box by Christmas. Maybe. Maybe. But probably not. Uh, All right, and the number five film is brand new, and that's J. Edgar, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, directed by Clint Eastwood. Now, they're already calling this Leonardo DiCaprio's possible Oscar performance. Just like the last three possible Oscar performances. Right, but (laughs) usually in these instances where you get an actor playing somebody else where they age progressively through the film and they're an old person at the end and it's their whole life chronicle, that usually gets the Oscars. I, I'm sure Leonardo DiCaprio... Just call him. Uh, what's just say his name Leo. Again? Leonardo Leo. DiCaprio. Leo. Thank you, Leo. I'm sure Leo is kicking himself saying, damn it, how many powerful, famous white men must I portray to get an Oscar? <laughs> if it's not Howard Hughes, it's Jared Gore Hoover. Uh, maybe they'll redo, do another Hoffa remake. He can play him. I mean, damn no. it, Matt. Yeah, this might be his and I, uh, and I actually Oscar, think though. He's talented. I'm not mocking him. I'm uh, mocking I, lo- him. I actually think he is a very talented actor. I really mocking- do. Yeah, I'm just mocking the fact that every time an actor does a biopic uh, that comes out in the last quarter, uh, everybody screams Oscar worthy. Well, that's the only time they ever release these things is in the last quarter. It's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, I I like him a lot. I think he's coming to his own, and I and I think I called this last year when we reviewed Inception. It's just a matter of time, and this could mm-hmm. be it. All right, moving on is the number four film, and that's Tower Heist. <laughs> yeah, we said our uh, we said our piece about that last week, so I'm not going to mm. harp on it. There was something else I wanted to say about that, but I forget now what it was. Oh, so really? I'll, I'll let it go. Okay. Yeah, that I came for- in at 12 million in its second week. Yeah, and the all-star studded cast of untalented hacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number three film is Puss in Boots with 24 million. And that one's actually slowly doing. I mean, it's over 100 million. It's at 108, costs 130. It's slowly doing well. It's drop. Its drop off is very small every week. What other kids' films are out now? There's only so many times you can watch the Fish movie. Yeah. Well, as far as in the top ten, that's mm-hmm. the only kids' film. Right. That's, that's it. what I'm saying. So it's only one out there. If you're taking your kids out now to watch a movie, it's either that or Real Steel. And some parents who don't like uh, robot on robot violence might gear towards the film with puss in it. Right. <laughs> I myself am uncomfortable with any children's film that has the word puss in the title. Ooh. Maybe just because when I choose a film with the word puss in the title, it's not a kid's film. It, so it, it I, never I, is. Can't sep- I can't separate those two in my head. 
that's just all right if you're in my house and you're and you're, you're looking on, on through my dvds for a film for your children anything with the word puss in the title is not gonna be that that that's i can know, attest just, to that yeah 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 right. yeah <laughs> but i just so i for some reason i i know it's juvenile but i can't get past the title <laughs> that's just me all right moving on is the number two film also brand new this week and that's Jack and Jill, the Adam Sandler joint. Oh, 20, another, another. $25 million this week. Uh, does not have a budget listed, so you know that that is going to be 80 to $100 million because of all the CGI, uh, pasting his face CGI-wise and all that shit. Guarantee you close to $100 million. Had to be a $100 million budget. Probably. Remember when, remember when ID, uh, not ID4, uh, remember when Terminator 2 came out? Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, and that was the big one. That was like Avatar with their $400 million budget or $500 million budget. Yeah, it cost Terminator a, 2 comes $100 out. Million and, at the time. Right. But then you'd get the people going, oh, this didn't really cost $100 million. They're blowing it out of proportion. It was like $80 million or 85 plus prints and advertising. And they're just <laughs> blowing it. And like, fuck you. It was a $100 million film. And, and like, it was, when you watch it now, some of the special effects are like, eh. Yeah. And, and the thing, back then, what was that, 90? 91. 91. That's yeah, 20 years. Oh, God, it's 20 years. Old. And that I remember seeing that in the theater with Gary and... Uh, oh, no, it wasn't Gary. Was it Gary? I forget. I forget right. who I saw. I think, it was, I think it was Doug and Biscavige. Okay. I think I saw it with Doug and Biscavige. Uh, and I, and I, I threatened to beat someone behind me with their popcorn bucket. Uh, <laughs> but she shut up. But well, the, the, the film was uh, amazing at the time. It, was, it blew everybody away. And even when you watch it now, it's still kind of a little cheesy in some parts, but it was still a big, big budget. You know, for $100 million, you got a lot on the screen. I, I still really they, enjoy the film. Oh, it's still a good film. It was still yeah. a fun film. A good, yeah. debate, slightly debatable, but definitely a fun film. And now we're spending that much, if not more, on cheesy comedies. Oh, yeah. About nothing. There's no reason this film should cost that much other than the fact that Adam Sandler probably had a huge payday. I bet he was paid oh. in the somewhere in the range of twenty to thirty million to to make this movie, because mm-hmm. he right. he also acts as producer because it's his production company. Um, I don't know if he wrote it to be honest, but he huge pay cuts, and I'm sure when it comes out theatrically, he gets bonuses for how well it does and all that bullshit. You Plus, know, I, don't be- I looked at his yeah. track record yesterday. The motherfucker has a really good track record. Oh yeah, I, I don't mean- know why. You know what? People go see the films, and I, I can't. I don't begrudge him his success, even though I think he passed funny uh, quite a few films ago. Right. And, and and I think he's just he's just mugging at the camera. The uh, only difference is when Marlon Wayans does it, uh, no one pays attention. When he does it, he yeah. gets uh, multi million dollar box office draws. Uh, so you know, more power to him. Doesn't make him funny. Oh and no! Doesn't make, no, doesn't make not. the concept of Jack and Jill anything but but uh, that's that's the kind of concept that used to be a special episode. Of that, the seven thirty sitcom. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Like uh, just well, for instance. Oh oh, 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 Silver Spoons. Am I right? Was it Silver Spoons? Were the yes. father and the, were the father and the son from Silver Spoons? You remember that show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't they have an episode where they were visited by like an aunt and uh, cousin or something, and it was those two in drag? <laughs> Am I just imagining that, or is that like a psyche? Is, is, is like a, like a homosexual subconscious thing emerging, or is that a real episode? I fi- I vaguely remember that. I think you're right. Vaguely remember like a split screen with that, and and again, that's the kind of stuff as a child that just 
you know, harms the psyche on a subconscious level. <laughs> but again, Jack and Jill, this movie is a sitcom episode premise, and it's like, oh, yeah. oh let's, let's dump $100 million into it. Mm-hmm. They're getting back their investment, so what am I to bitch about? You know, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at his his films like Mr. Deeds. I could have sworn uh, shit. I could have sworn that was a huge bomb. It made 126 million. You know why he could have sworn it was a huge bomb? Because it should have been. Because it was a piece of shit. Well, yeah, but nothing then, redeeming. Nothing redeeming about Mr. Deeds. You had to like, bring that up. I'm sorry. It's a sore hey, point. I'm sorry. Like, sore anger point. management. 135 million. 51st dates. 120 million. The longest yard. 160 million. Uh, click. 137 million. No, I even, I think I even Chuck remember. Chuck and Larry. 120. Zohan. 100 million. That shitty bedtime stories made 110 million. That's it's funny. Like when you look at when I look back, if you ask me to pick out the if you name those without naming the prices or the, yeah. the takes, and you ask me the name of the failures, I would have named Zohan, Fifty First Dates, and uh, Chuck and Larry. I would have said those were his bombs, and they still made over a hundred thousand. Hundred million. Hundred million. Hundred million. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hundred million. They like, still made over a hundred million. Yep. And in my mind, they're bombs because uh, they weren't good films. And afterwards, a lot of people said, "Ah, that wasn't a good film." People still paid to see them. That's right. Even so, uh, Grown Ups, 162 million. That was also a summer film. But that other film, just go with it, where he played uh, uh, with the fake family. Yeah, 103 million. <laughs> there was, was a concept. That's how, how much it made. 103 million. The budget on that. Uh, I, I don't. don't bother. You know what? I don't think it lists it. It does you list know, it. 80 million. It, uh, but it made 111 story. foreign, so it was over 200 million. So that gets him to make more movies. You know what it is? You know why you and I have such a hard time accepting the fact that these crappy Adam Sandler films keep making money? You know what it is? What is it? You, you and I, we're not film buffs. We're not. No, we're, we're, we're not like film to think buffs. We are. If, we were, if we were film buffs, we'd understand. We'd have a better idea. We'd have a, we'd have a better grasp of why these are great films. If we were film buffs, I think. But, but continue. Right. But continue. All right, and the number one film with no surprise is the Immortals. Eleven, eleven, eleven. No. No Immortals. <laughs> the Immortals. Also uh, known as hundred. Yeah, the director of the Immortals is going on. We talked about it last week. Going on to do the film Mirror Mirror, which is uh -huh. the other Snow White movie. Um, I have no desire to see this. Uh, not in the theater anyway. Um, you know, you know what there was. Last week, I, I had this urge to see The Immortals. Yeah. But then I realized I own 300 on Blu-ray. And so I just stayed home. That's right. It's, but it's There but again, are scenes that you would swear you're watching 300. In the trailer alone, you can see it. There's a there's one shot of a dude with a spear, and he like does this running leap and throws a spear. It's like, hey, I think I saw that in another film. 300. So... And again, here, here you are. Here, here are you and I bitching about it, but it's number one at the box office. A lot of people are liking it. We're just not. Yeah, film. no, we're just not film buffs. We're not buffy enough. No, I'm not. We're not buff. I'm not buff. <laughs> All right, uh, let's yeah. go ahead and do the finger list. Okay. Ah! Now we're gonna briefly recap on the top ten so that let's we can make a it. yeah. Uh, yep. Real Steel, Footloose, mm -hmm. Paranormal Activity three, In Time. Uh, Harold and Kumar Christmas, J. Edgar, Tower Heist, Puss in Boots, Jack and Jill, and Immortals. Uh, you want me to go first? Um, 
I'll, I'll go, go first. first. You you go first too much. I'm I'm gonna start stepping up here. All right. Uh, Jack and Jill. I'm gonna agree with you. Ah. I'm wow. gonna agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the list, and you know what? As much as I would hate to see Footloose, at least, at least with Footloose, there are, are attractive women. <laughs> Whereas in Jack and Jill, I just don't feel like seeing Al Pacino go after the female Adam Sandler. The sister, it just, no, I can't do it. I can't do it, man. You know why? You know why it's funny? Because she's that? ugly. Yes, that's why. She's yes. ugly. It's <laughs> funny too because uh, normally Adam Sandler makes these films and he surrounds himself with ugly people uh, and makes fun of them. He's finally gotten to the point where he's surrounding himself with his ugly self to make fun of himself. Yeah, like you said last week or two weeks ago, he's becoming Eddie Murphy. Except, <sighs> I, uh, except I think he's more successful now doing what Eddie Murphy did than Eddie Murphy was, I think. Maybe, no, that's not wrong. That's not true. The Clumps was very, very no, popular. The, the, yeah, they made those. Yeah, yeah. Those made over $100 million too. I think the first one made almost $200 million. The second one just did over 100 You know what it is? I, People I think were done with 10 it. years from now, I think 10 years from now, we won't be looking at Adam Sandler saying, what happened to his career? Like we did with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I think we, we won't be saying, you know, what happened to... You know, you know, ten years later, Eddie Murphy, like, why is he still making films? Everything he does is crap. Uh, and now, if it wasn't for the would, Shrek films, he'd be even more obscure and just out of yeah, the limelight. I think it's the only thing that brought him like back into the mainstream. Honestly, uh, with Adam Sandler, ten years from now, all we'll be asking is, uh, "Oh, gee, you know, I, I wonder why he hasn't got an Oscar yet for Ugh. directing or something." You know, if at some point he'll go back to doing Spanglish type stuff and, and try to get serious again. You never know. You never yeah. know. All right, so we're done with the top ten. Yes. We've done the finger list. Yes, Do you yes, want yes. to explain why we're not film buffs? Wait, wait, wait. How, how long was that top ten list? How long did we take? Um, I think it was about 25 minutes. Ooh, that was close. We're getting better. 22 minutes. About 21 minutes. You can, if you Now, if you take away the intro, that was 15, right? Uh, I think, yeah, I, probably. I think, I think, I'm going to time it when we listen to it afterwards, but I, I think we made the 15-minute mark. No, we're getting better with it. We're not harping so much. And we did go off on a slight tangent a little bit. But slight. We reined it in. I'm feeling positive about this, sir. We're on the right track. But we're going to have to stop recording because we don't know anything about film. No. we. I think we're ending the show. This is our last episode. Yeah, um, yeah. It's been a great run. We've, uh, we've lo- we love talking to all of you. <laughs> now, this this may seem a bit pedantic. No, not pedantic. That's not what I want to use. This may seem juvenile. This may seem like, oh, Scott's just bitching and whining about something trivial that happened online. But I, I've still got a sore, sore spot when uh-huh. it comes to people becoming abusive or insulting when talking about film criticism okay. ever since the whole Avatar debacle. Yeah, that was a bad one. That was a really bad one. People got very vicious. Uh, and I, especially when I try... And again, you know what? And this is, again... When I try to be nice, when I try to give and say, hey, you know, well, you know, my opinion, your opinion, there you go, maybe I'm wrong, people just go, oh, you're an ass, you're a, you, oh, stop jerking off on your keyboard and leave us alone, you, is it, what, what did I do? <laughs> so, happened again. Uh, yeah, that, Facebook, that was vicious. Yeah, Facebook, uh, I was on Facebook uh, earlier this week, which is, of course, the source of all evil at this point, and. Yeah, it's getting a, bad. A, a talented poet and writer uh, of whom I am a friend on Facebook who will remain nameless because she doesn't need to be drawn in this bullshit any more than she has been, mentioned one day at a post, just at random, that 
Batman Returns was one of her favorite tragic romance movies. Okay. And she explained it. And I was like, well, that's interesting. The whole idea of Selena Kyle's Catwoman being driven to madness and beyond by uh, Shrek's attempt to kill her. And then, but she tries to cling to her morality through Batman, but she, you know, but she can't. She still ends up going on the vengeance kick, knowing that she's abandoning her last chance at being human or finding happiness. Okay, I under, I see that. I see it. And I, and I, and I mentioned, I see it, and I, I liked it, and I, I, you know, I clicked the little like button, and I said, <laughs> well, you know, I can't, I can't get past the penguins in the sewers myself, but it's interesting. And so it went on, and somebody else. Uh, did a little at Scott, meaning they wanted to say it to me. This person will remain nameless, but in their name, in their uh, Facebook screen name, the, there are the initials CA, which I could assume stands for California, but I re- I'm pretty sure stands for a complete asshole. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to descend to like name calling kind of rhetoric stuff. But this flaming douchebag comes in, and he says. For me, he's the kitschiest part. Oh no! I said, and I said, for me, Shrek was the only good thing about that film. And that's uh, Christopher Walken's character, played by Christopher Walken, right? Right. Okay. I said that for me, he was the only good thing of that film because he because it's Christopher Walken, you know. Oh yeah. So so uh, complete asshole comes in with, for me, he's the kitschiest part, with pretty much everything else being, you know, the good stuff. But then, <laughs> and then the last, but then I'm a film buff. So, um, all right, that's kind of interesting, a little bit. And the last line, all right, it's kind of like a challenge to me, but you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm doing good here. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I didn't you say kept anything. Your, you kept quiet. She, you know, uh, yeah. And again, somebody saying they liked the film for a reason. I didn't come in with that's a, that movie sucks. Blah blah blah. I just said, hey, I don't care for it. Interesting point. Uh, I always like this part of the film. We're talking about the movie. Right. Right. That's like, how politely. It sure. Yeah. yeah. A Again, normal so, conversation amongst adults. Somebody wasn't picking a fight. I'm not picking a fight. So then, I, so I just reply, but I can't let it go 100 percent because the, the implication is, but you know, I'm a film buff, meaning you're a jackass. I know about movies. You don't. Right, and and that's. Again, I, I can't let it go 100%. So, jokingly, in good humor, I just write, I'm a film buff, little frowny face. Meaning, sir, you've wounded me, but let's <laughs> we, but we can play nice, right? Uh, and then my writer, poet friend, says, different types of film buffs, I suspect. Nothing wrong with that. And I agree. I, and I respond. I said, believe me, right. I could have launched into a lengthy tirade as to why Batman Returns is complete trash, but I respectively avoided stepping on your tragic romance toes for specifically that reason. She has her opinion about the film. She expressed it. I found it interesting. I didn't retaliate with, you know, saying, oh, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I, there's, there's no reason for that, right? Okay, right. Complete asshole ways in after that, with all <laughs> with all due respect, and and again this and and again I I have I have not challenged any further. I'm laying. I'm saying you know what I, I'm just here to have fun, just relax, talk. With all due respect, I reject the notion that there are numerous types of film buff. Not to get on a pedantic rant, but either one has studied the field, including film appreciation, and knows what the discipline itself concerns, or one's just a layman. And all that starts with recognizing the difference between personal taste, what one likes or doesn't like, thank you for the definition, dickhead, and <laughs> objective quality, as defined by the field discipline in question and those who built it for over a century. All right. I can talk fancy, too. Get to <laughs> a fucking point. And anyone who calls Batman Returns complete trash has proven beyond doubt 
at least to me, that he's failed that first basic lesson. It's not the greatest film, but it is a film, and that puts it head and shoulders above the majority of Hollywood's output right there. He's just now. Okay. All, right, all right, all right, right. Wait a minute. There's a lot. Of, he said it's yeah, not the greatest right. film, but it is a film. No, really? Because last now, I checked, Catwoman was a film too, and that was complete garbage. No, no, he's right. It is a film. Yeah, it is a but, film, but that doesn't mean and, that it 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 holds any. Maybe for some people it holds a, a spot in their heart, but it doesn't mean overall just because it's a film it gets a pass for anything. No, no, exactly. And and don't forget earlier on in this little uh, anti non pedantic rant, uh, yeah. when we talk about and, and again the implication is I've studied the field and including film appreciation. This guy apparently is taking a film uh, film criticism class in high school or something, uh, and and probably jerks off the Kevin Smith videos. Uh, you know those things where, where Kevin Smith goes on stage and acts like he has something to say. Uh, one of these guys. Uh, oh yeah, I know what cons is, and he even says uh, there's you have to recognize the difference between personal taste, what one likes or doesn't like, and objective quality as defined by the field discipline in question. Now I have no problem with that statement. Mm -hmm. The problem is he's using that statement to defend Batman Returns, <laughs> which. I have to object is not what I would call a quality film. No. Do you agree, sir? I agree. Thank you. We'll get to that in a second. So he, he lays this pile of shit at my feet and pretty much says flat out, I know what I'm talking about. You, sir, obviously have failed even the basic lesson in film theory. I'm still not ready to fight. I'm still, you know what? fine you're a dick i don't get drawn to this stuff that much anymore whatever so i uh, my response is simple i bet you liked avatar <laughs> i'm thinking now here's what i'm thinking i bet you liked avatar i'm thinking the guy will look at it and go ha 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 and he'll respond well nobody's perfect wink and we'll be like we'll reach this common ground where okay you've been a dick but i've kind of pointed out to you that yeah it's objective and and there films like avatar that get all this grand respect when they're really nothing but but rehashed tri tripe uh, you know, there's there's a common ground here. Right. There's no reason to. You know, I'm still not ready to be name calling. Okay. Mm -hmm. So instead of taking my my kind of partial uh, olive branch, he was like, "I rest my case." So meaning you could you you don't see genius. Apparently, you can't tell genius when you see it, such as Avatar. Yeah, apparently. That's why I took that comment. I take it as him saying, "Well." So you didn't like Avatar either? So you obviously don't know what you're talking about. Right. And 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 again, Avatar is a sore spot with me. So the fact that he's going to try to rub my nose and saying, you're wrong about that too. It's like, no, no, fuck you. <laughs> but I'm still not ready to fight. So uh, he, I, I say, as I do mine, ha ha. And that's, and that should be the end of it. But then complete asshole has to come in with fitting as you haven't made one. Hmm. So, so I, I kind of dive in with, okay, fine, how's this for a point? You're an ass. I politely disagreed with uh, this person's assessment of Batman Returns without casting any outright aspersions on hers or anyone else's enjoyment of the film, stating only my personal take on the film's qualities. Again, we're talking uh, subjective versus, you know, the subjective nature of film, right? Okay. Opinion versus craft. 
You, in turn, indignantly insult my film knowledge and opinion based on the assumption that yours is the only rational assessment of this film's artistic merit, completely ignoring your own insistence that personal taste and critical analysis should be considered separate entities. You want to weigh in with your own opinion on the film? Good. You want to insult me and imply an ignorance on my part based on nothing but my general opinion? Go fuck yourself. I'm to a point where I don't feel the need to not hold back with the vulgarities after I've been insulted. I'm just that way now. I can't. Good. I, 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 re- I refuse to take it, take the shit anymore. So More people should do that. Now, I think that's a coherent response that's pointing out the inherent flaws in his argument. Do you, now, do, 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 when, do, oh do no, you, I was going <laughs> to. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, sir. No, I was going to say when we talked about this, he hadn't made any comments past that. Right, right. Has he I, since I, made comments? Yes, yeah, and we're going to get the final part there. Okay, um, that's what and, I'm looking forward to. Well, and, then, and then my final statement was, how's that for a point, Jagoff? Um, I love now, that, by the way. Well, it's true. Now, tell me I did not make a rational response there. In it my was, little, yeah. Now, it was an angry tirade, but in it, I, come, I, I did point out the fact that he made a rash uh, judgment on my personal skills and, and, and intellect as a film buff mm-hmm. based solely on his disagreement with me over one film and used it to malign my character as a whole. Yes. All right? I, I thought that was a very co- cogent uh, argument. So he comes right. back with he comes back with this, this cute little uh, he writes a little play for me, a play, a ba- yeah, a little play. He's a bailiff. Court is now in session. Honorable Judge Bergman presiding. Prosecutor, that guy's totally guilty. The prosecution rests. Judge Bergman, really, Counselor? That's your entire case. Now, since he liked Batman Returns, I can understand how he can't write anything coherent. I, I'm with that. I understand. Okay. I, I understand his his basic level of understanding. Uh, the written word is Batman Returns. For him, that's the height of, of film literary uh, output. So his little three-line play here, is, uh, to him, I think is poignant and humorous. It's really just stupid. It sounds Im- stupid. He's implying that somehow I uh, didn't make my case or didn't make my point. I thought it was very intelligent. Uh, and, and again, and again, I need to point out. No, I won't point that out yet. Here's the last part. Okay. Uh, this author friend of ours who has had this kind of shit happen on her Facebook before and not always with me. Thank you. <laughs> says, can we please be done with this conversation? So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to post again. Cause she's, you know, she's, she's asking for you for the both of you to just kind of end it. Right. And I'm like, fine, that's it. Uh, so complete asshole feels the need to get the last word in. Uh Conversations are supposed to be two-sided, so I'm not seeing one here. Just one person trying to have one while another does his best to manifest what seems to be his grand mall shitheadedness. That's me. Otherwise, <laughs> I agree in full, Jennifer. Sorry for... Oh, did I say the name? Shit. Uh, last name is, is last been avoided. Last name's not there. Last name's been avoided. I agree in full. Sorry for agreeing with you so fervently and for whatever part I played in cluttering up your wall. So he's 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 gone against your wishes and continued it just to say, I'm sorry. For, I'm not the asshole here. Yeah, because but in, in in one sentence he says, We we won't I won't clutter this wall again. He's a shithead, and I was just defending you. Thus make setting up where anything I say beyond that point, if I decided to, is me taking it too far. And right. and I didn't respond because again she doesn't want this shit on her wall anymore. Right. But I have a podcast. 
<laughs> I have a podcast where I talk about films. And here's my major point for this this flaming fuckbag is that <laughs> in all of his his whiny little shit about my criticism of Batman Returns, he did not attempt in any way to offer any reason or any argument as to why Batman Returns is not a piece of shit. So, Joey, with your help, please, with your sure. help, yes, let us let us delve into exactly what makes Batman Returns fucking blow as a movie <laughs> as a whole. Would you? I, I'm going to give it to you. You you get the ball rolling, all right? Because I'm I'm I've got the material, but you you after you you go ahead. Me go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Actually, no. I'm going to start. <laughs> with one thing, I need to start with one thing. Let's let's go to all the right. basics. All right. All right. Screenwriter. Uh, was that Tim Burton? No. No. I don't have an. I don't have any of the uh, IMDb stuff in front Leave of me. It for you. Daniel Waters. Name sound familiar? Yeah. What's his claim to fame? Daniel Heather. Waters. Daniel Waters. Daniel, Daniel Waters. Waters. Heather's. Daniel Waters. He was the screenwriter of Heather's. Another flawed movie. He- no, Heather's is a brilliant film. No, it's, it's a good. It. It. I like that film. I love, but, I love that film, but when you listen to the audio commentary, you realize that all three people that made the movie are complete morons, and all the genius that happened in that film was accidental. Which, I'm a dead gay son. I mean, the, the <laughs> film the film's hilarious, and it's great, and it's deep, but when you listen to the people on the audio commentary, it's like, uh-huh. how, how do three of you fucking boneheads pulled together and made a feature film is beyond me. <laughs> Let's rattle down all the other stuff he's written. Here's his credits. After Heather's, and we're only talking about theatrical releases. Heather's, right? right? Which we agree was a good film. Mm-hmm. After that, I do think it is a. Th- I do yeah. think it's a flawed film, though. It, it is, and, flawed. and I don't. I don't know. I mean, but, but uh, a great film can be fraud, a flawed, right? Oh sure. I, I sure. just think through the years, it just doesn't hold up as good as it. I yeah. remember. Oh no! And, and as know. a low budget, as a low budget film too, there's going to be flaws. Even and, the you know, I love my dead gay son. I mean, it's completely overused line. It, but it is—it is now just because it was so popular, right? That kind of kills it a bit. But you're right; it's it's a flawed, but it's still I still consider it a good film. No, I I, I enjoy it even right. now. For its flaws, it works, which yes. can happen. All right, next, Adventures of Ford Fairlane. He wrote that. He wrote that. Man, we're we are now in the thick of genius. Let's move. No, let's keep moving. Don't slow down. Okay. Hudson Hawk. No, he didn't do Hudson Hawk. A screenplay of Hudson Hawk, yes. Both we're, those we're, movies came out the same year, didn't they? Or one year apart? 88 for Heathers, 90 for Ford Fairlane, 91 for Hudson Hawk. Oh, God. We're, we're on the gravy chain of uh, literary genius now. Let's, we'll, we're going to bash right through ba- Batman Returns, which came out in 92, and his 93 film, Demolition Man. <laughs> oh, God. And that's where the that's where the genius train crashed into a brick wall because the only other two films he uh, wrote are, as far as I can tell, direct to video fodder, Happy Campers, and Sex and Death One Hundred One. Now you would think after a film like Demolition Man, which wasn't a bomb, but it wasn't. How do you go from that to direct to video? I mean, did he just not want to write anymore? Well, I think all this happened in quick succession. Remember how the Hollywood system works. It takes years to develop a film. By the time Heathers comes out, 
Mm-hmm. He's he's a genius. 88. That's why you see a two-year gap between that and Ford Fairlane. So Heathers blows up. Heathers is a cult classic. It doesn't do that well in the theaters, I don't think. But once it's video, it gets on a life of its own. Everybody loves this film. So what happens? He starts getting jobs for screenplays and screenplays. And these screenplays get written and they get rewritten. And production takes longer sometimes. So you got to figure. He probably cranked most of this stuff out before 91, 92. Easily. By the time, by the time Demolition Man comes out, everybody begins to realize this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. If he did, he wouldn't be writing this trash. Hudson Hawk's already bombed. By the time, by the time he's gotten his, 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 by the time he signed whatever contract gave him Demolition Man, Hudson Hawk's already been released, and people are like, "Oh shit." Yeah. Now I'm oh, not yeah. gonna. Hudson Hawk was huge bomb. Huge oh, bomb. Yeah, yeah, and also, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to set that up. This is the genius filmmaker, uh, film writer, that we're buttressing ourselves under here, right? <laughs> yes. Take it, sir. Batman Returns. Tell me. Tell. Let's go into the. Let's tear this asshole apart. Come on. Tell me. Tell me what's wrong with this film. How can anything be wrong with this film? We're not film buffs. We don't know whether this is a good or bad film. Tell me, sir. Prove me. Prove. <laughs> prove it. Prove it. Prove me wrong. Prove me right. Prove you wrong. Prove you right. Uh, take it. Well, take for, it. For, for for starters, um, I mean Start. the visuals. The the visuals are great. As a Tim Burton film, what you can always expect is good visuals. Well, this is back when people were still jerking off over Burton. Right. Okay. Batman Batman came out. The first Batman came out. Everyone was convinced it was going to be a bomb. Comic book fans are across the country are signing petitions saying, stop this disaster. Prince shouldn't be doing the soundtrack. Why is Michael Keaton playing Batman? Tim Burton did that, did that peewee film. What are we doing? And... <laughs> And beyond all beyond all comprehension, Batman turns out a flawed, but accepted film. As, as uh, you know, I, again, you want to call Batman a good movie? I'm not sure. It was a fun movie, and everyone liked it. You're talking the about original the Batman. original, yeah. yeah, Tim Burton Batman, right? Flawed, definitely. A good I, film I, in the clinical in the classic sense? I don't know, but it was fun. I, I think the original Batman did as well as it did because Hollywood never turned out good comic book films. And it wasn't until Batman had come out where a comic book film was like that was released and was actually a good film. And up until that, so, uh, and it, it was it, dark, it, it was gritty, it was kind of grimy. And Jack Nicholson is the Joker. They made a big deal about that. I think overall, it's it, it's that uh, what I like to say a lot sometimes with movies is it's timing is everything. Oh yeah, yeah, and then don't forget that movie, Superman. That exact movie gets released now. Major problems. And Superman had had petered out. Superman was the only other real superhero franchise movie per se. Right, but am that I, was already I, starting to falter. I mean, with it was Quest that, for and, Peace and yeah, uh, the last good Superman film was the second one, and that was realistically ten years prior, nine years earlier. Right, so, so it had been a long time. And ironically, the the answer was to to take the superhero st- uh, film, as it were, and instead of playing towards that kind of uh, four color, goofy, uh, patriotic thing, go for a darker tone. Keep it get, keep pop culture involved. Get Prince in there. Uh, get some classical car- uh, actors, people you know, familiar actors everybody knows, and just go for broke and 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 go with right. the wild shit and get, get get an artist in there stop giving it to filmmakers give it to an artist tim burton probably saved that film based on now sam ham the screenwriter saved that film from becoming a tim burton clusterfuck yeah i think we talked about that uh where you where i think you were saying burton 
wanted to have scenes of uh, of Jack Nicholson or the Joker, I should say, as a child, like in yeah. in face paint and, and in green hair, running around the city. One, one, one of the original drafts of the screenplay had the Joker as a kid killing Batman's parents, gunning them down from an ice cream truck. Uh, also, I, I elements still can't in, believe that's even possible, but yeah, well, el- in elements, but it has to be. It has to be. There are elements of Batman Returns that Sam Hamm had kind of talked them out of, such as oh, launching the Christmas tree into space. <laughs> that little that little gem of, of brilliance, you right. know. So Sam Hamm, and, and it, it's the typical, it's the Twin Peaks syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, they take they put Sam Hamm in there. Say, listen, rain this rain this crazy artist in because he's going to destroy this. Sam Hamm adds a little sanity into it, gives a little plot structure going. Sam Hamm saves the screenplay. Batman does great, and and everyone says, "Oh wow, Tim Burton's a genius! Get that Sam Hamm guy out of there! Let Bat- let Tim Burton do whatever he wants." Burton says, "Great, I know just what I want to do: bring in that guy that wrote Heather's, because obviously we're on the same wavelength." And and shit begins to fall from the sky in giant clumps. <laughs> now, I, I would like to sum up my major problem with Batman Returns in one word. What's that? Penguins. In the sewers. Right. Now, I, I mentioned this to somebody before. I said, my, I can't get past the penguins in the sewers. And they said, well, yeah, but I thought they escaped from the abandoned zoo. I thought that was the whole point. I was like, yeah, that is the point, kind of. I'm not saying I have a problem with penguins being existing in the film. My problem is the penguins were left in an abandoned zoo, which means they closed the zoo and just left all the animals in there, which I guess happens all the time. <laughs> Actually, then, it doesn't. Then the penguins somehow migrated to the sewers, which apparently, when when penguins are able to leave a zoo, uh, warm, tepid climates, uh, uh, warm, tepid climates filled with feces and, and, and human waste is a natural habitat. Uh, <laughs> then somehow, I, then I'm assuming that somehow. You know somehow, what, sir? You don't need me for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'm, I'm just, this is this is close to my heart, and also. Th- oh, I then know. also somehow uh, we have to assume that the the if the penguins raised uh, Chester Cobblepot is it still Chester I think it's Chester Cobblepot uh, if they raised him as a ba- right. so so as the penguins raised Chester Cobblepot uh, as a baby I think it's Copperpot uh, which, yeah which Copperpot yeah which they no which, you're right it is it is Cobblepot Cobblepot yeah yep. they didn't use Copperpot uh, which, which, you know, the, this rich couple, they abandon their child into the sewers. That part I buy. Rich people are evil. Um, <laughs> but then these penguins somehow manage to raise a deformed child as their own uh, in the sewer. Uh, we have to assume that over this entire uh, 30, 40, 50 years that the penguin, uh, 30, 40? I guess, I'm thinking 40. He looks kind of old. Let's say 40 years. In the we'll 40 say. years the penguin has been raised in the sewers, he has been, uh, the, the sewers of some town somehow managed to maintain a uh, a subarctic climate. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know it's winter when the film takes place, but right. I, I would have to assume that things get warmer in the sewers when summer comes to Gotham. Yeah, uh, that now, sounds accurate. Now, am I refusing to suspend my disbelief? I don't think so. I, I'm willing to give a little leeway. I'm not willing to give so much leeway so as to insult my comic book origins, I, you and I both grew up reading comic books, right? Absolutely. And and especially no, Batman. And I guarantee you, any comic book you pick up makes more fucking sense than that. 
<laughs> All right. Now that's that's a major blocking point for me. Your okay. turn. Your turn. My turn? Okay. Sure. Where do I begin? Uh, all right. I I guess my biggest problem with Batman Returns uh, is probably... And, you know, as most sequels uh, tend to get released, they're never... They're never as good as the first film. Right. Almost never. And I think a lot of hype was built up around the second film when it was released. And I and not that I don't have anything bad to say about Batman Returns, I do. It's I think a lot of it has to do, uh, for me anyway, with the fact that uh, as far as the visuals go, I'll give it that. But as far as other things like dialogue, uh, pacing, directing, it falls apart very right. fast and very quickly. Yeah. And uh, if, 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 if Batman Returns was a stack of postcards, I'd be fine with the visuals. Unfortunately, right. there's a narrative structure that has to be upheld. Right. And I do believe that Christopher Walken is the best part of the film. And <laughs> I do believe the good stuff being the rest of the film is a com is completely wrong. I think it's... I really do believe it's the other way around. You know what? Let's talk about Selena for a minute. Oh, Michelle Matt, Pfeiffer? Okay. Yeah, Matt, now, best line, two best, there are two good lines in the film. Two. That's okay. It. And, and, and Selena, Selena Kyle's, uh, just like you men, always confusing your privates with your pistols. That's not one of them. Okay. Uh, that's the level of humor. You know, you know what the level of sophisticated humor is for this Jagoff writer? Uh, when she, in, in Selena, in Selena's apartment, she has the, uh, this neon sign on the back wall that says, hello there. Glaringly oh, out of place. Yeah. Right? Yes. Now, yes. why does that why does that neon sign exist inside a meek secretary's home? For the I've... sole purpose, I'm sorry, I, I no, no, I no, 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 no. I was just uh, I was just agreeing with you. The only reason that exists is so that later on, when she trashes her apartment, she can smash the O and the T and have it read "Hell Here." <laughs> now that's deep to a level that I guess me not being a film buff, I can't appreciate the subtle nuance of that message right uh and the setup for that message uh um, the fact that any set designer no set designer in the world would have ever placed that in that apartment when trying to set a a meek secretary's apartment um but let's 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 explore catwoman here catwoman in the comic books of course a lesbian uh a, a lesbian prostitute who uh is inspired by seeing batman dressed up as a giant bat running around fighting crime she's inspired oh i can do that too so she makes a cat outfit becomes a cat burglar right. and robs rich old white people guys uh, exacting her vengeance upon the masculine power structure uh that has suppressed her uh, you know the the women of the world right okay and yeah, they're, uh, they're uh, I, and i do i do think christopher nolan will take that approach i, th I think he's i, 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 I mentioned that I don't think the lesbian prostitute part's going to be in there, but I think it's going to be a bit more realistic. Yeah, I, th I think the prostitute part will be in there. Is it? I hope so. I haven't read. No, I don't know for sure, but I just I get the feeling that. You know what? I don't want to know until I see the film. I'm I'm at that point in my life now. I don't need to know until I see it. Okay. I'll get. No, I'm saying like I'm not reading into it. Pe people out there probably. Oh, didn't you read it on Ain't It Cool News? No, because that guy's an ass. But <laughs> you know, I, I I'm happy just waiting for the movie and then I'll I'll, I'll see what they did. But okay. so so. 
So that's the origin of the Catwoman, at least one of the many interpretations of the comic books in more modern day. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Waters has a better idea. And I'm sure Tim Burton had some influence in there. It's a, she's a se- meek secretary who stumbles upon uh, plans by her boss to perpetrate an evil. And, and, and in response, the boss kills her to, to hide the secret. Now, this itself is a cunning plot twist. Well, the fact that she gets thrown out of the building that she works in. <laughs> no, no. He throws her out of her office, her, her apartment. He comes to her apartment. Oh, that's her. right. That's right. He comes yeah. to her apartment. Because that was as much as this, as much as the logic of that. Again, brilliant writing. I never in my life never would have thought of a secretary or a, an employee stumbling in on their boss, plotting a, a crime, and then the boss killing them to protect it. I've never seen that kind of uh, setup ever. <laughs> one of the, one of the places I saw that Catwoman with Halle Berry, but yeah. But the, the the best line of the one of the two best lines of the film is when Christopher Walken's in her apartment and then she says, "Well, well, it's not like you can kill me," and he he laughs, and goes, "Actually, it's it's a lot like that," and just throws her out <laughs> the window. That's genius. I don't know. Again, a little bit of genius. Even a stopped clock is right twice a day. That's right. And the, and this clock was right twice. So, so we have Selena Kyle thrown to her death out of her apartment. We're not gonna do. So what what's what's the uh, next step? Oh well. She's dead. A bunch of alley cats bring her back to life. Well, that yep. makes sense. No, I can... You know what? If, if you've already accepted penguins living in the sewers and raising uh, a deformed baby into a full-grown man, I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> you could handle cats bringing a woman back to life. She then proceeds to go back to her apartment, now a changed woman, because when cats bring you back to life, it tends to have like a personality split uh, slip on you. It tends to That's change right. your world's perspective. But, uh, so I hear. She starts uh, making a skin-tight outfit out of leather. Let's be more specific. She makes a a body, a entire skin-tight leather bodysuit body out of a leather jacket and a, and a skirt. <laughs> I posit, yeah. sir, there is no earthly way in hell, first of all, that she would concoct such a costume that is so skin-tight from the material that she found in a leather skirt and jacket. And how does it match, too? And it matches, yes. And and the, the, her claws made of little corkscrews and things. Well, that's cute. That's adorable. And I'm sure the first time she scratched someone, it didn't break her fucking fingers, because right. there's no leverage whatsoever in that. I'm more willing to buy Wolverine's adamantium skeleton than I am willing to buy <laughs> Selena Kyle creating this entire costume in one night. Yeah, that was the lickety split. She went out that night. No, I, no. If I if I remember correctly, and I, I did not have time to review the film because I was too busy watching Eleven, Eleven, Eleven. Mm. I'm pretty sure they he, that we that uh, Waters is deft enough of a screenwriter to imply at some point that she makes her own clothing. <laughs> he man, he throws that in there just so we know there's a background to it. Now, as far as the cats bringing her back to life, didn't bother with a backstory there. No, it just happened. That didn't need. That did need clarification. How she had the wherewithal to make this bodysuit out of less material than it would take, that at least he gave us a little origin on. <laughs> I would also, sir, like to posit the now and it may it yes. may seem it may seem like I'm just attacking small aspects of the film, but I am. And and attacking the film as a whole, I would have to I have to rewatch the entire film, but I can tr- right. trust me, trust me, this film fucking blows. Then we have the idea that we, we have a penguin. Right? We have a, we have a man that has become a penguin, and Max Shrek, right. in, Max Shrek, in his pure genius, has said, "Let's take this totally odious, 
unpopular person because he has some kind of birthright to the parents that abandoned him, and let's somehow make him a public figure. Because how could this go wrong? Right. <laughs> now, let's make the public love him and have him run for mayor. In his defense, it almost worked with Herman Cain. <laughs> so it's not unfeasible, but I don't see the logic in in the choice that this supposed mastermind uh, criminal has decided upon. Uh, but we'll skate around that. Uh, oh, we can skate around the cliche scenes of people throwing rotten lettuce and tomatoes at the penguin when he botches his speech. I mean, that's, you know, I know, I guess we're going for a classical feel. I think cliche and stupid. Uh, then we, and we'll, 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 we'll skim past the whole launching the Christmas tree into space. Um, as a penguin, as a man raised <coughs> by penguins, right? Sorry, excuse me. No, after you. As a man raised by penguins, yeah. looking for henchmen, looking for a, a, a crew to, to uh, a, a crew of criminals to, to unleash onto an unwitting city, the natural, the natural choice would be clowns. Clowns. I mean, what, what has more in common than a penguin raised in a sewer and a, a, a midget clown? <laughs> I can't That's think Tim Burton. That is Tim Burton for you. That, that he is, is Tim very Burton big on that. Shitting in a box. Yep. And and saying, "Look at this!" And all of us going, "Wow, that's ingenious." I never thought of shitting in a box. It was a way for him to establish color into an, uh, an otherwise dark film. Here's here's a man. Here's a man who dark decided co- dark tones and because yeah, clowns because clowns are scary. Ooh. And here's a jackass who said, I don't want to do a direct sequel. They, they had already had like a, a sequel set up where it was going to carry directly in, like all the, the, you know, the way the new ones do, where the plot line continues. Oh. And Burton said, no, 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 I don't want to do a direct sequel. I want to make this its own film. So they abandoned all the, the cuts, all the, all the things that connected them. Apparently, though, he didn't want to get rid of the clowns, which would have made <laughs> more sense coming off of the Joker's death, right? Sure. But we'll just keep him with the penguin. That makes sense. And all I'm going to say with the clowns is we have a scene where these clowns, using hammers and stuff, manage to take apart and reprogram the Batmobile. <laughs> that I thing's almost, tighter than Fort Knox. How did that happen? And it's I would have more belief that the penguins did it than the fucking clowns. <laughs> that would make more sense to me. Now I'm not going to go further uh, because we we still have another film to talk about, and that one's just as bad. But and they also th- had the enough savvy, uh, because this is my expertise, tech savvy enough to uh, direct line video to the peng- to the penguin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. It's, it's How did they do that? Now you can say you can start making excuses and say, "Well, the film is it's a, it's fantasy and it's 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 a uh, you have to you have to give logic way to fantasy and, and it's suspension of disbelief and it's cartoonish and it's a comic." When you start making excuses for a film that repeatedly slaps you across the face and says, "This is dumb as shit," but damn, it looks good, so take it. You're you're making excuses for crap. That's right. This is a bad fucking film. Now it's not as bad as Batman uh, and Robin or Batman uh, George- Forever. Right, the George Clooney. Yeah, the George Clooney film was much worse than Batman Forever, but Batman Forever wasn't. I mean, it was not a good Riddler, not a good Two Face. Uh, Joel Schumacher just with the neon shit. 
uh, we we that's a whole other podcast in itself. Yeah, yeah. we should do like yeah. a whole one just on all the Batman movies, really, and just just blow it apart. That's a good idea. But, I I like that actually. But 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 Schumacher, you know, I mean, yeah, Schumacher just completely destroyed the franchise, and 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 and, and uh, it was years. He he, he gave me eight gave years me a, before they made another Batman film. It took that long just to get the taste out of your mouth. Yeah. So. If you want to make excuses for, and here's the deal: if you want to say you like Batman Returns, go ahead. There's no reason not to like it. You can like it if you want. It's our motto here: just because you like it doesn't make it a good film. That's right. Well, you're gonna tell me I don't know films that I'm some kind of ignoramus. Uh, I'm not a film buff because I thought this piece of shit was a piece of shit. Go fuck yourself. And and and. <laughs> Now this may sound like a one side. Oh, now Scott, you're all big and tough. You're now you're right. You have your own podcast now. You're going to badmouth this guy for an hour or so, and then and then you get the last word, right? Not so, Joey. What's that phone number? It's nine zero eight five one four 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 seven zero. Call now that, it. Now that phone number. One more time, Joey. Nine zero eight five one four 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 seven zero. That can be used two ways. One, you can call and leave a message, mm-hmm. and get the last word and you can just call and say blah 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 fuck you blah 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 and not make and not you know refute any points i just made about batman uh or you can actually call while we're recording and we can talk to you live and you can make your case as to why this film is good and how this film how my lack of appreciation for this film somehow invalidates my uh any experience or knowledge i might have a film and keeps me from being considered a film buff and how you liking batman returns somehow makes you a film buff because because i you know just call just because yeah mr mr complete asshole give us a call i'll do all right mr asshole i'm gonna be I'm, i want to be condescending give us a call <laughs> leave a message you can either leave a message and uh we'll play it whatever you can say whatever you want you can just you can just call me names for five minutes we'll play it believe me or you can call it and leave an uh, uh, an email and, or something. And I'll patch and you in we'll, live, and, and we'll tell you next time we're recording, probably around Thursday around ten o'clock. We'll patch you in, and you can defend yourself. You can no, you can defend Batman Returns, but I don't think you will, because I think you're a coward. Not in a classical sense of oh I'm scared, but you're a coward because you can't back your own fucking opinions and ideas. And I may have some outlandish opinions and ideas every now and then, but you know what? I can fucking defend them. And I don't just smart off and say, well, obviously, you know, I'm schooling, whatever. No, I'll come out and say, this is why it sucks. Yes, you do, will. And, sir, oh, do, yeah. the same, do the same or shut the fuck up. I love your challenge. And I really hope, I really hope we get something. I, I, I do, too, because, you know. Sorry I couldn't be more help with that one, but uh, it kind of threw me by surprise. I know. I, have, you know what? I, I realistically, I haven't seen the movie in years, but sir, I, rem- I just remember not liking it. Uh, as much as I probably wanted to, so if, uh, because it is a flawed movie. If, if this retarded sack of shit had done this, like say Friday or Saturday, 
I would have said, watch Batman Returns. Let's review it. Let's do a whole episode on it. We'll, t- we'll take this guy to task. I'll even contact him beforehand. As it was, by the time this happened, it was like late Monday night. Mm-hmm. I work late. I work late Tuesday and Thursday tutoring, and Wednesday I had to watch eleven, eleven, eleven. So I, we, I knew we had no time. So I figured I just would just run this by real quick. I'll, I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll call this guy a, a coward and an idiot, and uh, that way I can give him a link to the podcast when we're done, and he can call next time. So I just had to get out of the way. All right, I love it. I hope he calls. Uh, All I, right. You know what? I, I hope he does, but you know what? He's not going to because. People, no, people who not. make people make who make those kind of statements and defend themselves by talking around the subject, no, actually defend their opinion. They're cowards. They're cowards that hide behind Facebook monikers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's what this guy is. And uh, oh oh no, that's that's what CA stands for. It's not complete asshole. It's cowardly asshole. <laughs> I I don't know what I was thinking. You know, again, even I'm wrong every now and then. Every now and then. Every now and then. Every now and then. All right. <laughs> Uh, we're well over an hour into the podcast but, but sir, without a break. I, but, sir, am I wrong about this? No. No, I didn't think so. No, no, I didn't think so <laughs> you're, either. Let's, you're right. Let's take a break. Let's let's take a quick break. I'll, I'll um, take a breath. <laughs> yeah, we're well over an hour uh, Scott, with the show right now. Scott, make it a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about 11-11-11. We'll see you then. Yes. Are you home alone tonight? Got no one to cuddle? Urgent, urgent for some connection? Don't worry, Daddy ain't gonna hurt you. Just tune in Movie Sucktastic. Give us a call at 908-514-4470. Tell us what bad movies have been tickling you. Just call after dark. We like it that way.
All right, we are back. We're back on the the fuck you episode of Movie Sucktastic. That's right, you. motherfuckers. <laughs> Quickly assembling the enemies of Movie Sucktastic. That's right. That's Great. right. I, I love the camp thing too because uh, after we were done, I I had my notes up because I, I I did some quickie cookie research too of Batman because it's been a while, and oh, it okay. just occurred to me after I was done, I was like, wait, Joey's probably watching me the entire time I'm ranting. Were you, sir? Oh, of course. <laughs> oh yeah. I can, I can only imagine how I looked. I could see everything, baby. I forgot I was on camera. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I have to point out too that Joey and I are such geeks. During the episode, uh, we I see that he's on the cam, so we just start holding up our notebooks to each other. See, I got two pages. See, I got two and a half pages. Yeah, I got uh, one, two and a half. You got me beat by what? half, but I kind of gave up in the last half hour because I was just so. Well, you know what I? All right, we're gonna get into it now. But right. I have. Oh yeah. Every time I saw a vertical line. I wrote it down. Well, that's, but but that, you can't do that because again, the pro, like when you saw the ring, remember the yeah. ring, and and yeah. so he would have scenes where there were like circles in the scene, and those scenes were actually well crafted and well. This wasn't though. No, because it's an eleven. It's just two lines. You can see that everywhere. Yeah, but they like, go I've, through. I've they go a, through great lengths, dude. Come on. Like, I'm seeing elevens everywhere. That's because you're seeing lines everywhere, jackass. The world's made of them. Yeah, I know, but they go through great lengths to to point out uh, those things. So yeah, uh, but all right, let's let's do the basic premise for this movie. Can I can okay. I read the uh, can I read the the uh, description? On, all right, the IMDb description. After the death of his wife and child, an author travels to Barcelona to see his estranged brother and dying father, where he learns that his life is plagued by events that occur on eleven. 11. 11. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell. I did some research. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to start off with the beginning of the film. Well, before you uh, know, that's, that's too too soon. Too soon. Uh, I did some okay. research. All right. Apparently, there's some alternate titles to the film. Okay. I now, didn't it takes know place that. On 11, it takes place on 11, 11, 11, yeah. right? But it's by the yes. director of Saw 2, 3, and 4. So one of the titles they were floating around was I.I., I.I.I., and I.V. <laughs> they kind of tie in with Saw. Now, then, of course, this led them to the idea of, of having the, the film title in Roman numerals, which would have been X.I.X.I.X.I., mm-hmm. uh, combining all the 11s to the save on marquee space, just calling it 33. <laughs> but then that'd be, that'd be close to 23, that other horror film about an obsession about a reoccurring number. Right. So then they thought of eleven cubed, but that that ties in too much to uh, pi cubed and aliens cubed. <laughs> you know. Then uh, one of the best reviews I saw. I did some quick research to see the bad reviews. Right. And, and my favorite one was uh, I forget who did it, but they said um, this this time one one and one and one and one and one and one doesn't add up to two. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ironic because the other one of the other titles you were thinking of was just two two two. Oh really? With a there there's like a bunch of algebraic equations you could do instead of the title eleven eleven eleven. Yeah. Now now they also think of it this way: you're making a film where people have to stand in line and say, "I like a ticket for eleven eleven eleven, please." How stupid do you say, do I feel just saying eleven 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 now? And I think that's the biggest reason why Cloverfield wasn't called one eighteen oh eight. Yeah, right? Do you remember the marketing for that? Uh-huh, I remember that. And and although I wouldn't have minded 
it being called 11808 because I think at the time when Cloverfield was was all the marketing and the hype and and everything it was going to be released the movie was going to be called 11808 because it was going to be released um on 11808 right and everything that took place in the film was happening on 11808 and uh-huh. I think one of the things that they were going to do was they were going to make it in real time when like for instance at the party because he's having this big going away party and it's like closer to midnight and i think on opening night it was supposed to when the monster actually attacks the city right it was going to be after midnight or 1201 or whatever it is and then from that point to the rest of the film yeah in real time now, and also- i th- and and it, i think it was going to be a a pretty neat marketing uh, uh gimmick for the film but they canned it because they it, they were smarter than that and they were also, smarter than using the date of the movie being released as its marketing gimmick. And they were also smarter too. I want this refers back to a uh, discussion we had earlier about how shitty movie titles are recently. Right. Uh, now, if they went by the tower heist uh, <laughs> method of naming films, they would have called it Monster, or you know, <laughs> Night of Terror, or you know, or Manhattan or Falls. Something demons. Just, demons in your house. They would have described Demon the House. Film. They would have called right. it Demon House. Would have described the film, right? Instead, sure. instead they called it Cloverfield, which is innocuous, has nothing to do with what's going on per se, and right. it has like a minor tie-in with the film, but is a genius title. That's how they name like books of poetry. They they just take like and a it, random line out of the po- poetry and they right. put it. It's called it's called artistic. It's called nuance. I've never actually found out why the movie was called Cloverfield. There was all these uh, rumors and speculation. Like, it's at uh, the end. Af- what is? It's at the it's at the end when they get caught in the park. They yeah. call it the Cloverfield tape. I think it's because it's like a Cloverfield that they find the tape in. Something well, like that. Well, I, 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 one of the things that I read that I like that I don't even know if it's true is because they drop a nuclear bomb on the area or right. a bomb to like just to level it. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I read. And I don't even know if this is true. Is that after something like that, it's it's common for clover to grow where uh, so, something like a bomb had gone off. Like it does something to the earth, like to well, the dirt and to the ground. Well, it's also the first that it stage causes of, clover to, to grow. Well, also, also after deforestation, that's the first stage of. See, I actually did learn something in my environmental class. After deforestation, <laughs> that that's like the first stage of uh, the regrowth. Which is like it's stuff like clover and and grass before you get to right. bushes and you know. Uh, so I think that's. But regardless, I like that genius, one the most. The genius title. Yeah, I think so. Sure. Right. So speaking of genius titles, eleven, eleven, eleven. Oh, release date, eleven, eleven, eleven. Yes. That's odd, isn't uh, it? Movie takes place on eleven eleven eleven. But but after you, sir, how does this film open? It opens uh, with him. Well, you don't know it. Ha- it it's a it's a dream sequence. But he's having a dream about his house burning and his wife and child dying in said burning house. Right. And the first thing that I have is a note uh, because the wife is, sees her son at the other end of the hallway, trying to get closer to her mm-hmm. and screaming in pain because he's on fire and. She just kind of watches it, and she because she feels like she can't do anything about it. She panics. She and freezes. She panics and she freezes. Well, I'll yeah. tell you something. 
I I'm not a new oh, father. I, 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 oh, I hate listen. Go. Here we go. Well, no, no. It, it's and it's not an it, and this truly actually isn't a knock against the film. It's just a knock against go go after your goddamn kid. I would have absolutely fucking run through fire to get my my child. I'm not gonna sit there and watch my child die and. I, I'm just gonna run across that fucking hallway, grab my kid, and go back the other sure, way, or figure sure. out another way out. I know. I listen. I know that that's that's not what I should be shitting on, no, sir. But so this film has already harmed us. Let's not let it take it, make it personal. Okay. <laughs> you're you're don't don't let the film get you personally, sir. That's where it all ends. Yeah, you're right. Speak, speaking from someone who has just proven that he can stay detached and not take things personally. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, all right. That's your so first note. That is my, yeah. That's my first note. My now, second that, note, yeah, is he goes to a meeting. Well, he's he's visited by his agent, who basically says, "Oh, uh, you know, is this your next book?" And he's looking at his diary, and he's like, "No, nah, that's personal. That's my diary." He goes, "Well, I already pitched it." Uh, I'm well, Batman. yeah. I've already pitched it. Uh, he's saying you're, you've sold over five million books. I think you would have gotten a better place to live in, and you got to get out of this room. Blah 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 blah. Okay. Uh, so what we have here is is five minutes of solid exposition. Yep. This all right. Yep. Speaking of bad fucking screenwriting, in the first uh, my my first note is famous troubled writer crying at picture frame, popping pills, mm -hmm. messy room, talking the tombstones, uh, you know, messy apartment. Agent comes in extolling virtues of how well you write and you should keep writing. Could the first five minutes be any more ham-fisted? Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Every cliche, every cliche in the book is, is forced in this first five minutes. I feel like I'm watching the opening to End of Days when, when Schwarzenegger like, makes the, the, the milkshake out of a piece of stale pizza. It, it, oh, it, obviously right. this guy's in a rough spot. Yeah, it, 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 almost, it almost... This movie, entire film, because it also deals with... Uh, you know, it's a remake of End of Days. It, it really does feel that way, uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, but uh, it just—he ends up at a meeting uh, for other people that have lost loved ones, and Grieving counseling kind of thing. Yeah. Right, and he kind of gets up and walks out because this one woman is talking about—I believe it's her husband—and she meets him outside and she recognizes him and tells him, "Oh, you know, you're an author. This and this and that." Uh, you have so many words, great words to say, uh, but you don't use them because she wanted him to yeah. get up and talk. So he gets in his car and he kind of in, in really poor slow motion sees his kid. And she knocks on the window and hands him uh, what is basically a journal. You right. just turn your video off? Yeah, you're starting to uh, slow down on me a bit. If you could turn yours off. Okay. All right. You're lagging. You're lagging. You're lagging a little bit on me, and I, I think it might be that. All right, got it. Now, now, can I, can I interject on this? Uh, yeah, he's, sure. He, she comes out to talk to him, right? It's like, oh, I know you and everything. Now, first yep. of all, he starts talking about, oh, you know, I have no faith, and I don't, you know, there's just no God. It's like the second or third time in the first five minutes, he says that there's no God. Is, so, is this a, uh, not to, to interrupt you, but is this a Christian film? I don't think so. Because I, I don't think, I don't it is really, really heavy on the religion only and because having faith and all of that. But I think it's only because it's important for the plot twist, uh, which we'll talk about later. Um, okay. So, you know, another man who loses his faith in God due to a personal tragedy. Another right. original concept given to us 
you know, just and then also she says when he says, well, you know, it was like, well, you found faith in God. It was like, no, I didn't find God. I met a man, and and he convinced me that we have destiny. Like, all right, all right, can I make a prediction here? I guarantee that this woman's in on something, and the man is like, okay, I know how this film ends. <laughs> that line, I know how this fucking film ends. I now, know. At, I have to sit through this now, knowing how this film ends. First of all, we know there's going to be something about his faith, right? Because we we've only been slapped across the face repeatedly about his sudden lack of faith, right? That's right. Now you had uh, you had uh, I am me today. Uh, I am'd me today and said, Mis- write down when you know. You figured out when, when, or how it ends. Right. Is that the line? And uh, actually, I'm about a half an hour in. Okay. I'm about a half an hour in. Now, now I'm not saying I, I could tell you word for word by that point, but by that point, I know. No, she's a half an hour. A half an hour in. Yeah. I knew how it ends, and 60 minutes in, it it sealed the deal. I'm like, all right, that's it. But the minute he starts talking about, like, uh, the third time he mentions he doesn't believe in God outright. Right. Oh, and by the way, having the, the main character as an author and then having him narrate. Oh, yeah. I wrote, the, I wrote down one of my notes is, why is this movie talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the chapter of the book, in our, in our book, That's, Why Is This Movie That's Talking? That's right. Why is this yeah. movie talking to me? This, this, <laughs> and this goes in the book, absolutely. And, and again, it's like, it, there's nothing worse than a film that has a writer as a main character, and outside of maybe Stand By Me, and then having the writer narrating the movie as right. something he's writing, oh, fucking God. Here's a screenwriter now, Here's a screenwriter who really can't figure out how to communicate anything beyond exposition. Now, you told me not to harp on the Eleven stuff. Well, I, I, because I, the movie's I called 11, 11, 11. It could get monotonous, so try to stay... Well, he, well here's the thing. I know what you're going to say. I, you do know what I'm going to say? I think I know. When they're talking okay. outside the building on the bricks, mm-hmm. they purposely put more separations between the bricks. So it's like, there's no, they don't mortar bricks that close together. <laughs> right. Well, that happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, there like there's scenes in when he's in Barcelona, Spain, and, and the wallpaper, it's vertical wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, there is a lot of that. But it was one thing that I noticed numerically in the film. They tried to get 11s at you a lot well, that sure. way, too. Uh, like, for instance, at his apartment. Do you know what uh, his apartment number was? It wasn't 11. It was 713. Yeah. 7 plus 1 plus 3 is 11. <sighs> now, see, I was being a smartass. Like, shouldn't the apartment be number 11? No. 7 plus 1 plus 3 is 11. All right. All right. There's that. Yeah. When he gets the call for his dad, he's dying. Uh-huh. Was at 1111. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that... Right after he walks into his apartment, he gets that call, and it's like, okay, they're going to fucking slap 11 at me. Even if it's in uh, his apartment number, 713, they're going to just slap the living shit out of you with 11. Mm-hmm. And um, it gets to the point, too, when you're watching the film, like you, 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 get, you, get, you, you realize at a certain point that, that uh, Mr. What's, what's his name again? This Jagoff. Uh, Jagoff is my word for the day, by the way. Oh, I, I'm I'm enjoying Jagoff so much. I'm just going to um, say it for you, you, you know, another thing that I noticed Mr. about uh, Mr. Bousman, Bousman, yeah, the writer director Darren Bousman. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you hit a point where you realize every time there's a scene with like a doorway, mm-hmm. you're like you you could see him like like touching himself. Like, look at another eleven. I got another eleven in there. So, no, yeah. no, you didn't. Oh, yeah. You got two lines. 
Right. Well, there's like a scene in the film where he's, he's running through a maze and they have this overhead shot. It's all lines. It's all 11s. What's 11? But I'm not going to even get into that. Uh, another thing that I noticed as far as uh, 11 goes, um, the character's name, Joseph Crone. Yeah. 11 letters. Of course. His brother, Samuel Crone, 11 letters. Jesus Christ, 11 Letters. Okay, you're scaring me because you you were looking for the 11s much more than I was. I, well, I, <laughs> well, the thing is, once I saw it happen the first time, it just kept coming. I mean, I wasn't looking for it, and it was just hitting me left and right. You're, Dude. You're concerning me. You're concerning me because, honestly, I gave up on the 11s after after uh, after he walked by the, the room 111 at the hospital. I was like, you know what? I'm fucking done. We get yep. it. But- <laughs> You're counting letters and names? You're scared me. Well, okay, when he's in the hospital and he's walking out of the hospital yeah. or he's walking by and he sees the demon in the like the glass of the doorway. You know what? The That was room 111. I know. That's why that's, that's when I gave up. I mean, it's just it, dude, what's, what's, in the first 5 minutes I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I felt that way with the dialogue and everything. Now, all right, now wait. Well, it's not like I didn't have oh, a I know problem with the dialogue. It, it, it was either 11s or fucking crosses everywhere. Like in the father's bedroom, his uh, he's in in bed, is on his deathbed. They purposely pulled the shades down on those windows uh, just enough so that they they were in the shape of because it was uh, uh, like take your standard window, yeah, and it was. Uh, you know, straight down and across as far as the, the separation of the glass. So it looked like crosses. They pulled yeah. the sh- they pulled the shades down just far enough so that it would look like crosses. Yeah, this, yeah, this is like you know the Exorcist, the movie The Exorcist. Sure. With uh, with the, the in depth like theological imagery and and metaphors. Right. Eleven, eleven, eleven is like The Exorcist, except stupid, poorly written, and boring. <laughs> If 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 Mr. Bousman had written The Exorcist, it, it, yeah. Um, there were other things I noticed too. Well, uh, I need to backtrack for a minute. I'll go for only it. because we're I'm still at the opening scene. Yeah, you are. Well, because I I need to make a couple more points. Because again, this is when the, the okay. first half hour. No, no, that's 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 fine. The first half hour is when I really start hating the film, and <laughs> after the woman after the woman we we automatically know is in on something. Right. Gives him the book and walks away. And then we have that low budget. Okay, we're gonna follow her, and there'll be a crash. So, it, so we don't have to film the crash. We can just like mm-hmm. have cars waiting for us. <laughs> the guy was parked, pulled away half a block, and somehow the cars flipped. Flipped upside down. I know. I thought the same thing. I'm like, how did that type of accident happen? Now, mere, you know, yards away. Right. So then we we have to see him in the hospital when more voiceover now his doctor. So now we're yeah. now we're mixing voiceovers. Please don't fucking mix voiceovers. Keep keep one narrator. So right. the doctor's saying things like, "Wow, you really must have a guardian angel." You and should give him a raise. You should give your guardian angel a raise. The other guy, yeah. he wasn't so lucky. The, this this guy drove a half a block from a parking spot in the city before getting hit, and the doctor's talking to him like he's Bruce Willis after the train wreck at Unbreakable. <laughs> the car tipped on his side. He's like, I'm. He's like, I. I don't believe in God, and I walked away from this. First of all, yeah, we get it. You don't believe in God. Enough with the fucking I don't believe in God stuff. Is it? You, you drove. There's they, no way. They pound that into the ground. There is no. Uh, please, there is no way. Yeah. You can. You're dying in a car wreck, a half a block 
I don't care. I, it, it's the city. No one's going fast enough to flip a car. And, well, and the and the car that hit him too wouldn't have flipped over another car. It was just. It, it, it's not an SUV. If he was driving an SUV, I could possibly see that being on its on its back. Uh huh. You know, because those tend to do that. Right. Uh, but he's a, just a regular, you know, Hyundai Elantra, whatever it was. <laughs> it's just those things don't usually flip on its back, um, unless you're getting hit by an SUV, which he wasn't hit by an SUV either. Yeah. So it just how come, yes, you're right. Not even a half a block away. I would even say closer than that. How come I how come I walked away without a scratch? Because you were going ten miles an hour. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, moving on from that point, oh, oh. he does get the call from his brother right. oh. that his father is dying and that he doesn't expect him to come to Spain, but he ends up going there anyway. Right. Now, also, before he goes to Spain, too, uh, mm-hmm. between his agent and the woman outside the uh, grief counseling and the doctor, uh, thank God this movie keeps reminding me that this character is a famous writer yeah. because I probably would have forgotten <laughs> Literally every five minutes. But you're a world famous author. You well, have millions it, of followers. And again, they, again, they hit you over the head. But words have meaning, and you can motivate people. And you have a legion of fans. You have a lot of followers. I get it. Well, they do that because of yeah. how they 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 twist the the plot twist. Well, yeah, you 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 can say plot twist. It doesn't make it a plot twist. No, it isn't. Right. But, but again, it's so blatant. It's like, all right, can you can you stop saying this? Because in the first fifteen minutes, he he lays it on so thick and heavy. It's like, all right, you know, you you could have gotten away with it if you didn't fucking rub my nose in it. <laughs> like I soiled the carpet. I'm not the one that soiled the carpet, sir. Don't rub my nose in it. It is you. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. Well, he goes. To, no, go he goes to Barcelona. Oh, his brother's a priest. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> you know what I didn't see coming? What? Them speaking English the whole time. <laughs> well, you do that in Spain. Oh, yeah, sure. And uh, everyone that comes to a sermon all speak English, too. Ex- ex- except the guy that has something to say. Ex- ex- <laughs> except <laughs> the guy that has something to say. He has to talk in Spanish. Everyone else speaks right. English. It's just, are you kidding? And, and, and uh, Joseph, the, the famous writer... He gets in a cab and he's like, "I'm I'm sorry, I I don't speak uh, Spanish." Even though he was born in born in uh, or he wasn't uh, born there, but he was brought to Spain and grew up there as a kid. Right? How do you not speak Spanish? <laughs> or at least know how to say, "Take me here." Right. <laughs> like that. Now, also, so when we meet the brother, right? Mm-hmm. He's right. in a wheelchair. Yes, he okay. is. Okay, hands up. The number of people who see that and go. I bet you he walks at the end. Hands up. No hands down? Everyone guessed that? Okay. No, no. Just, Every, everybody's hands are up. I'm just checking. I wanted to make sure we're on the same page. Okay, good. Okay. Speaking of pages, I'm, I'm, I'm done with my first page of notes. Oh, except for when he starts doing the uh, the research on on the web. Right. For the 11-11-11 cult. Uh, please tell me the logic in having a world-famous author who writes every day, a very literate, accomplished writer who has to read aloud to himself when he's looking at a web page <laughs> again screenwriter doesn't know how to convey stuff without telling us right mr exposition um yeah i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh so he finally ends up uh at the house and for some you know what 
because it, it was just, they were hitting you over the head with it so often. I really, I really thought that the house number was going to be a, a combination of like the seven one three, like it was going to be one seventy three or or something like that, or or some combination of numbers to make it equal eleven, and they didn't do it. <laughs> so I was kind of disappointed that they didn't cheese out because they cheese out so much. And to be honest, I think the the number of the house was eighteen. Um, I'm sure that they figured out a way to do it, though. I just didn't notice it. Oh, the the pit, the columns in front of the house. Oh, look. Oh yeah. Elevens. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's columns. Yep. And the house was a very vertical type of house as well. Um, but uh, there is <laughs> there's so many flaws in this film. Uh, let, let me see. I got some 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 more notes. Now, there. now, Joey, uh, a good movie can be flawed. But this is no good movie. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? Um, when he's he's at the house, it's his first night there, and the <laughs> the chi- the chair that goes up the steps for his brother. Yeah, and he sees his burned kid on it. Now another thing, and again, this is just me watching the film and just noticing stuff. I wasn't looking for it. I'm just I noticed it, and there's a scene. When the chair is coming up the steps, um, that in the background there is a hand almost caressing the light, like it's the hand of Jesus, uh-huh. and the hand is uh, uh, there's light in the hand, and I'm just I'm looking at it and I'm like that's a fucking hand that's an, it's like half of an arm go holding up to this light and I'm like Jesus Christ. <laughs> And and then my notes are basically it's there's a hand, uh, reaching t- uh, for the light, or the hand has light in it, much like Jesus would have. Uh, I, uh, and it's just heavy on the religion. It's just way too heavy on the religion. Jesus had nothing to do with this, my friend. Um, well, again, it wouldn't be too heavy with religion if it wasn't so ham-fisted and so over the top and so in your face. Right. And like you you could have. You could have done this whole film. This could have been a good film in the hands of a competent screenwriter. Right. I really, I mean, the direction's not bad. Uh, the actors, it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like again, the first night he's there and, and all the scenes before it, every other scene is a uh, cat in the closet scene. Yes. Every other scene is like, he turns around, oh, the father's standing right there. Oh, the guy's behind. Yeah, yeah they did oh, the that a lot. It's, like, it's all there is. It, it's... <sighs> Now, also, you mentioned when he first sees his, his scarred, his burned son on the chair, which yeah. for me is the sign, you know, let's get out of the house. Uh, well, yeah. It's, it's it, the, you know what? It's the second or third uh, time. It's the second or third time when he runs to the bathroom and takes pills. Yeah. This guy can't take pills without spilling half of them all over the place. I know. This, it's, this is like genius acting 101. Okay, I'm upset and I'm frantic, so I take a handful of pills and I throw them in the direction of my face, spilling, <laughs> it, spilling haphazardly across the floor. This indicates that I'm troubled. Yeah, and and you're right. Blame uh, the director, as soon as, not it, him. As soon as one thing happens, bad. Uh-huh. Get out of the house. It, why doesn't everyone? Why doesn't anyone get out of the goddamn house? Yeah. Why does he go? I think it should have been a great uh, short story. The short films. Yeah. I'm not going. Yeah, fuck this. Bye, Dad. Um, uh, it's uh, just to to derail 
very briefly, there's a new TV show called American Horror Story, which takes place in a haunted house, and a family lives there, and all this shit keeps happening. Now, it is a well-written show, and it's a well-acted show, and it actually is a good show. I can't see this show lasting more than one season, because at some point, at some point, your hardcore audience members that are watching the show are just going to say, just get out of the fucking house. Mm -hmm. Because... That's all you need to do. Leave the house. Right. Yeah, quick, so. quick answer. And, you know, I'm willing to suspend this belief a little bit, but I've seen too many horror uh, haunted house movies to to give it any a slack. Now, this right. isn't really a haunted house movie, but considering most of the horror takes place at the house, the people involved could assume that. Especially yes. when the house is a rundown church. Ah, yes. Now... And now, when he when he was at the hospital, he saw that guy, the the, the crypt keeper stalker guy. Right. Were you, was that scary? No. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's, a, it's a, like a skull mask under a hood, hooded robe. I, I I mean that's. Was there original. one or one or any scene in this film that genuinely made you go, oh, whoa, I didn't expect that, or just a little like jump at you kind of scene? It actually like startled me. Yeah. No. There was one scene, it didn't startle me, it just made me laugh. It was uh, where he's looking at the video, and there's the face on the video, and he's like, whoa, what the fuck? And then he he goes for his pills, uh -huh. and he's like, he's all kind of crazy, and he gets up, and he and he walks, or not gets up, he like goes in one direction, and then quickly walks in the other direction, and there's the demon just like, but, but, yeah. <laughs> and then he falls over the desk, and, and he's just like all fucked up. That it made me laugh. It was supposed to make me jump, mm -hmm. but it made me laugh the he, instead. The way he landed too, like, like yeah. his neck was, his arm shut out. It was kind of like, yeah, you could have easily put over that. Kind of, kind of like his hilarious uh, landing when he got shot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the jump cut, direct, uh, the jump cuts. Oh, yeah. what do you mean the jump cuts? Jump cuts. You, you notice the jump cuts, right? This director's technique in order to try to make scenes feel uh, uh, tense. Right. Uh, it w it, there were certain scenes where he would just do jump cuts. I'm trying to think of what a jump cut is. A jump cut is where the, the, the it cuts, but with no real fluid uh, adherence to the narrative. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, like, okay. Like, yeah, like, now I got you. I follow you now. He's at the sink washing, and then it jump cuts to him standing in the doorway, and then it jump cuts to, you know, jump, the, the random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think yeah, of the yeah, opening yeah. to uh, Deconstructing Harry. Mm -hmm. Jump cuts, yeah. I mean, right. now jump cuts, first year film school is jump cuts can work, but you have to make sure they work. Right. He, now, he uses them correctly as far as a director or an editor goes. He uses them correctly as far as they 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 you know that's what they're for but right they're they don't work because you know that's what they're for it's like, okay you're using this because there's nothing else giving lending tension to the scene it's not a tense scene there's nothing there's no atmosphere to this it's horrible so the jump cut is supposed to make us feel disoriented or tense and it's not working because we know that's what you're trying to do to us it's like if you tell someone right. i'm going to scare you and then you go Bleh! Did you, uh, like, yeah, speak, speaking of the, the director, uh, with the jump cuts and then doing things, uh, oh, wait, wait. towards the film, did you notice the bad, uh, voiceover work that they did when the brother first comes home? 
to talk to his brother that's in the wheelchair, Samuel. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're doing the back and forth talking, and his voice is slightly different because it was recorded much later. Oh, yeah. Did you notice that? They, they probably had bad sound when they filmed outside. No, no, no. It was in the house. It was in the house? And I, and I, yeah, and I don't think it was bad sound. I think it was, I think we need to change what he says in this scene. Uh, I don't know. Oh, you know, um, I, I didn't notice that. Uh, that's, bro. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there are a couple scenes in this. You, you could tell they really, they had to retool this movie. Right. So the jump cuts. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't think the jump cuts were a last minute addition because thinking about it now, Saw 3 also utilized jump cuts. Yeah, it did. In but in Saw 3, they worked because the scenes already had that tension to them. The jump cuts just kind of added to it. Right. So, I mean, you can look at Saw 3 and then look at this. Same director. Yeah. Here's where it works. Here's where you're grasping Here's for straws. Yeah. Uh, when when they're in the... Well, actually, go ahead. Um, uh, well, uh, when you said when the brother's talking and they're talking about, oh, here's a shock. They start talking about God. Yeah. Uh, the one, uh, Again. The brother says religion is flawed. I'm thinking, not nearly as half of as this fucking film is flawed. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mention flaws in writing from here on out. Just don't. You're you're drawing. Oh, is oh, isn't it funny? Now, uh, you mentioned this. You mentioned the security cameras. Yes. Do you have any notes about oh, that? Oh, and and well, yeah, actually, and mine are more tech techie. Oh no. Uh, as far as I know, recorded video. You can't zoom in and out like it's an actual camera. Enhance. Because, what? Enhance. No, no, no. Enhance. Nothing like that. It was recorded video of one shot from outside the house. They had a handle, almost like a joystick, mm -hmm. where they could go side to side, up and down, in and out, zoom in and out, as if the camera was on at that exact moment, like it was live. As far as I know, you can't do that to record now, a video. I, I thought they were doing that at first too, but I think the joystick was actually only being used to rewind and fast forward. But the way, but it, it, that first shot has them go side to side and zoom in and out, it, and it looked like it was a live shot, but it was really recorded. No, you're video. right. It, and 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 again, it's right. it's just a techie thing by me, but it does it does it does point out to me. Yeah, this this scene is shit. Oh, you know what would have been great? What if they had crossed What's this? That? What if they cross do a sequel to Eleven Eleven Eleven, and tie it in with with Paranormal Activity Four, <sighs> where they put cameras up on the Eleventh Eleven Eleven? No, what they should do is they should make a film called Twelve Twelve Twelve. Oh, dude, they're already on it. Now, isn't it funny that? All right, first of all, don't you love how photogenic these ghosts and demons are? Oh yeah. I mean, sure. I, I, all I can think of is that ghosts just purposely fuck with the guys on Ghost Hunters. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they can't see us. Ha -ha. All you apparently all you need is like a cheap security camera, and you can see demons. And well, oh. and not only that, but you could sell your footage for millions of dollars because you're the only fucking one that caught it. Right, but but we're not gonna. We're too worried about saving Samuel. Yeah. Um, who who's in a wheelchair? Uh, in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> And and the girl he's helpless. And, and the girl who start, who suddenly gets her, his phone number and starts talking to him and then flies into Spain. There's nothing mysterious about her. No, nothing, no, we should we should even concern ourselves. Oh, she that. just happened to show up for no reason yeah, at all. Yeah, I'm sure there's nothing. I just you know just a trip to Spain is what a couple grand, fifteen hundred bucks. I, 
I just felt like coming. I'm sure the fact that she said earlier that she met a man who, who convinced her she, that there there is a, a fate and there is a destiny, and the fact that his brother has his own little weird cultish congregation of religious followers, I'm sure there's no connection there. None. Um, But <laughs> no, I forgot where I was going. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. the... Uh, if 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 they have to use the eleven eleven eleven, if these demons have to use eleven as like as a as a signal, a, a, like you know, to communicate with us in, right. in, this, in this world, why do they need to do that? If apparently they can show up on any fucking camera, right? They, they can just go like you know, hey over here, and oh there they are. We don't do we do we need to put elevens everywhere? How I mean, how hard how hard do they have to try to actually orchestrate like the naming of things for you know the lab i don't know oh when when they checked his heart rate at the hospital yeah. shouldn't have been 11 over 11 uh i don't think that uh, i don't think it could that's a real reading <laughs> but it still would have fit in it, it the cheese factor sure and the mother's grave shouldn't that that had been plot number 11 well actually uh in the background yeah they were able to get an 11 in there because they clearly show on the right side of the screen plot 47. <laughs> so 4 and 7 is 11. So they, they made sure they got an 11 in that Again, scene. I, 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 you, sir, you're scaring me with how much 11 you noticed. Dude, I wasn't looking for it. It was just, I'm like, there's 47 right there. Um, <laughs> you, uh, I, and of course, the mother died November uh, 11th right. of 1976. So uh, it's just... It was on her tombstone right there. It's just like, okay, whatever. And I did look at the date that she was born and the date that she died. And I'm like doing some quick math in my head and it didn't work out. But I'm sure if I did like, uh, you know, this number plus num this number minus this number divided by this number, I'm sure it's all it's all 11s in there. I'm sure they went through great lengths. I just haven't sat down with a calculator yet. <laughs> and, uh, why do I get the feeling you're going to? Uh, I may. I just you should make. post all the elevens you found on IMDb. It's too many. <laughs> it's way too many. You no, know, I mean now we we've covered the first half of the film. Just the fact that I took the time to really think about how many letters were in Joseph Crone's name, yeah. Samuel Crone's name, and Jesus Christ See, all being eleven. Yeah, you gave it. I got, you gave it way more thought than I was willing to give it. Well, and and it's not that I was just like, oh, I wonder how many letters, and I was just saying they just kept saying his name Joseph over and over and over Joseph. again, and then I just kept like there was a scene in the film where uh, he's at his desk, Samuel's at his desk, and it's in his house, but he's got a sign on his desk that says Samuel Crone. Mm -hmm. The fuck do you need that for? Well, they're also pushing the, the biblical names too, Joseph, Samuel. It's like, oh, right. oh well, really? But, yeah. you know, I saw Samuel Crone, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's 11 letters, isn't it? Because it was spelled out on the desk for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, fuck, it is. And then I was like, wait a minute, I bet Joseph Crone is 11 letters, so I just did that in my head real quick. And I was like, you know what? I bet Jesus Christ is 11 letters, too. And it fucking is. And how many How many letters in Ronald Reagan? Uh... Ronald Reagan. That's thirteen. <laughs> Just check it. No, twelve. Twelve. Okay. <laughs> um. Now, but I say we we gone to the first half. At this point, it just breaks down into okay. We get it. We get it. Now we're just waiting for the shit to end. Uh. I. I. At this point, I'm just jumping around in my notes. <laughs> How about you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. I mean, I have a. <laughs> I got more eleven stuff. Like even hit the the actors. His sideburns are extra long. 
okay, stop with the 11s. Stop right there. <laughs> but no, no, it, it's, no, no, some, no. it's something that I noticed. No, no. It's just like, wow, his sideburns are uh, extraordinarily long. No, no, no. Stop <laughs> right there. You're done with the 11s. Because now you're really creeping me out. Uh, now, yeah, actually, my note here says, even his sideburns are long enough to represent 11s. <laughs> can, can, can I bring up another bad writing scene? Go for it. Distract from the 11s. Uh, talking about the, the hitting over the head with the plot and, and, and the, the direction everything's going. He goes right. to his brother's little uh, congregation for church. The, the sermon. Yeah, the sermon. And they're like, what's, what, what's this? What's, sacrifice. Sacrifice <laughs> is important. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. You, and then, what will, you sacrifice? what will you sacrifice for God? And then he looks at his brother. It's like and I'm think- that was at that point that that uh, that was when I was like I kind of knew where it was going and wonder, I'm like uh I, yeah. I wonder if sacrifice will come up later in the film. I wonder I wonder if someone's being he, sacrificed. Right. And I wonder if his brother will be involved. Hmm. I'm going to throw a film out at you. <laughs> okay. Witchboard Witchboard. Sounds familiar. Back when they started making all the Ouija board films? I don't think I've ever seen that. I think it's the one I'm thinking of. I hope I have the name right. Are you sure it's not Spellbound? Is it Spellbound? Is that the one with... Is, with, is that the one with... Um, the girl that's that, that he tries to protect her from... He tries to protect her from the cult? Yeah, that's Spellbound. Yeah, Spellbound. Okay, which word is that? That's with, uh, what's-her-face? John Travolta's wife was in that. Yeah, because uh, that whole plot some... is like, oh, I'm saving her from this cult, blah, blah, blah. And like she, and at the very end, the big twist is, oh, it was all a clever ruse to get him in this one spot so they could sacrifice him. Right. That's all I'm thinking of the last half hour. It's like, oh, really? I've seen this, and, and she was prettier. Ah. <laughs> yeah, oh. Um... She was. She's still good looking too. Uh, I don't. I don't know why. Oh, uh, when they start seeing the demons on the cameras, he's right. finding like the, the 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 prints in the yard. Cloven hooves, really. Cloven hooves. Really. <laughs> We're going cloven hooves now. Yeah, it was uh, Kelly Preston, and she <laughs> was Spellbinder. Spellbinder. I'm sorry, Spellbinder. Okay. Close. I was. Wow. Hey, closer than Witchboard. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there is a film called Witchboard, though. It was back. When, oh, is it? There was that one year they made all is these. It the, was, could it be the same plot? I I don't know, but it was that year when they all the direct-to-video films started coming out with Ouija board movies. Oh, okay. Oh, you know what's also interesting? It was like late '80s, early '90s. Uh, J, uh, uh, Kelly Preston. Yeah. Also in Fifty Two Pickup. Wow. Am I good or what? <laughs> Coming full circle. See, baby. I, did, I, even when, I'm, I'm so I'm such a film buff. It's subconscious when I pull shit like that. <laughs> and it, yeah, cloven hooves really. Uh, also, yeah. uh, the father. Mm-hmm. Worst line of the whole film, because it's you can tell, Mister Mister Buse or whatever the hell his name is. You you can tell Mister I directed Saw so I can write horror films. Uh-huh. He thought he was being clever. He thinks, oh, I'm being so clever. Because this is like a thing you put in the trailer, and it's like I'm talking to the audience at the same time. as So it's it's like a double thing, and it's so not clever. It's just sad. It's when the father like leans into the, the, the son and says, are you scared yet, son? It's like, <laughs> no. Not, no, no, really not, not. Not even close, sir. Just, uh, just... go scared. I mean, and, and I, honestly, 
he was the father. Given given the shitty dialogue and everything, he was good. No, I I, I that, watching this film like you know the father really ain't that bad. And and what's even worse is he comes to see his dying father, right? And literally, he doesn't even go near him. And just every now and then the father pops up, it's like I'm still here. <laughs> I'm, I'm creepy as hell. I not dead yet. I, I'm creepy as hell. I deliver the dialogue. And but er- who saw him dying on eleven eleven eleven? Oh, who saw that coming? I, I didn't see. Well, I, and what was with the gold LMA. body bag? <laughs> see, I almost wrote that down, but I, then I thought maybe they actually used those in in in, in uh, Barcelona, in Spain. I don't, I don't think. I so. don't know. I, I you know what? Maybe he was just I wearing th- that I, when he died. He has an extra large gold lame. No, wasn't it a gold body bag? I thought it was like like a like gold like sheet. I thought it was well, it could have been. It was body bag or sheet. I thought it was a body bag. It was bag. billowing, so it wasn't like rubber like a body bag like a right. like But regardless, it was fucking plastic. gold. It was gold lame. There was nothing gold anywhere in the house. Anywhere. <laughs> And if the it it wouldn't be so jarring if the rest of the film was wasn't so totally devoid of color. It's a very gray yeah. mo- gray gray movie. Even when they're like in the maze, the green is kind of like a grayish green. It's it's all muted colors. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, gold lame. It's like okay, any any seriousness that would have been uh, brought to the screen by the father's mm-hmm. death is completely wiped out by the garish sheet they have thrown over him. <laughs> Yeah, if, that's true it was the, it was the ambulance driver's first day on the job. Just cover him up, okay? What's that? It was in the closet. <laughs> really, the gold lament was too late now. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Oh, I have in my notes. Oh, uh, oh no. He uh, he ends up back at um, uh, what's his face's place? The guy the that keeps popping up. Yeah. Did you notice what time he got shot? Eleven, eleven. Five forty-two. Oh, okay. No, wait. Five plus four plus two is eleven. Wait, the second time he meets the guy with the gun, when, yeah. when the guy points the gun at him, and then runs away. Yeah. Which, now again, he got shot at five forty-two. If, if we PM. if we look at the logic of of the character with the gun, right? The, the non-English speaking character with the gun, his actions in conjunction with what he knows and what's happening in the film, or is revealed later to be happening in the film make no sense. He doesn't shoot anybody the first time. The second right. time he sees uh, uh, Mr. Crone, uh, Joseph, he runs away. And then the third time, literally shoots him in mid-sentence. I don't have your BAM! <laughs> Which was, when you asked me if there's a part of the film that startled me, that didn't startle me, but it gave me so much pleasure. I was like, yay! <laughs> Where was this guy like the first 15 minutes of the film? Right. Bam! Right. And apparently, gunshots aren't that aren't as like major as you might think. No man. He he he, he took it. All, and, all they do is make uh, you sleepy for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He just he got shot, and that fall was hilarious. And it's, he <laughs> almost to the point of cartoon where he put his arms at his side and fell face first. Well, because he had to hit his head on the on the on the chair, because <laughs> when you're if you get shot. That won't knock you out, but cracking your head on the chair is going to do it. Right. So being shot makes you sleepy. I get that. Uh, <laughs> great, great set design in that in that room. I'll give him that. The mm-hmm. Set design, great looking movie. Um, 
I don't, I don't even know if it was a great well, looking. It was. Movie. It was. It was well shot. To an extent, to an extent. I mean, okay. th- no, you know what? The set design was good. It was good set design. That's what I mean. Did you notice uh, when he was talking to his brother, in, uh, it was um, right before he gets shot, he's talking to his brother, they're doing the video thing again, and you just see floating 11s in the window? No, I missed that part. There's floating 11s, and it just kind of pans off to the left and disappears. There were floating I I didn't see the floating 11s. It, it was... Utterly ridiculous. I missed that. Oh, it was really. I, th- what it I was. think I was really getting tired at that point. Um, oh, I, I had. I, my, I skipped to my notes. No one will be seated during the riveting hedge maze. <laughs> I just any any excuse for characters to walk and talk, because again, everything has to be delivered. Oh yeah, the only thing the only thing more riveting than a hedge maze scene is the discussion with the librarian scene. Oh right! Oh, and his English was terrible too. We need we need to communicate more in this film. We need to really, really, really explain this vague notion that still doesn't make any sense. So let's go to the library and spend ten minutes with two characters discussing and explaining to each other made up occultism. And then let's exactly. And, and just to make sure we're really underlining the logic that doesn't exist here, let's have our world famous author go to the website. Where people post videos of themselves, uh, video blogging about eleven eleven, and and, right. and giving us more, like something tells me if we could find those videos, if they truly made them, you know, even for the film, they're all eleven minutes long. Don't don't do that. Um, I'm just I'm just saying. You, you do you realize? And it just occurred to me now, and I'm upset that it didn't occur to me earlier. That whole library sequence, mm-hmm. how long did it take? Five ten minutes. Something like that. Just think, 10 minutes. It took 10 minutes for that film. The purpose of that entire setup was, and, and the, the whole video blog thing where the women are talking, that 10 or 12 minutes of screen time is all a setup. So at the end, he can knock that book off his brother's shelf and go, oh, he has that book. That's odd. <laughs> Holy shit. That, it, that was a 10-minute setup for a logic scene that... By, by the way, we all get it by that point. The, any hints you give us by now, not really helping. We know. We know how it's Pretty ending. We're, we know how it's ending, but we're still here. We're still watching. Uh, the whole vine thing, what was with the vines? Yeah, growing all through the house. Uh, when his brother almost gets uh, killed by uh, the, the chandelier, you see the two little hands in it, which was stupid. Yeah. Uh, and then and when, as it falls, he pulls out a, the, the vine. Again, we spend 10 minutes explaining how this one book on his brother's shelf is an odd thing to have. Do we have, do we have any cultists explain to us why vines would be invading the church? No, no, that's, no. that's, we're just, that's just atmosphere. It's just what, blue, what, gloomy. What, 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 what? <laughs> I mean, and... The, the most do, do, can we talk about the ending yeah and you, you know what that, I, do you have, I don't want to step out any notes that don't, um, I want to do the ending and be done with it so you have any notes that don't have to do with the ending the only thing I have is when he looks at his laptop he has a picture of his dead family as wallpaper <laughs> probably not a good idea and even then when he when he uses that like, the, like as like a light source yeah. it's like oh okay so they're the light of his life right. they're, they're they're helping him they're uh, the illumin- lead the way oh man Dude, not even close to clever. Just fucking annoying. 
yeah. yeah I, but that's all that's all i got actually other than at the very very end scene i noticed that they have pillars before it fades to black and that represents an 11 oh sure when he's standing between them yeah, yeah. that whole like yeah. like the end of the omen scene except not good yeah <laughs> now now two things okay if this guy is a world famous author mm-hmm. and he's written all these books which means he he knows about plot and that kind of thing he should have saw this coming. how did he not see this coming <laughs> right how did damn, these must be the dumbest books Nobody said he was a good author. And, and they're all like 800. Every time they pick great film logic, like, oh, he's an author. And have you seen how thick these fucking books are? Everybody's yeah. like, oh, I've got your, your book's on the show. The occult, the occult bookstore's got a copy of his book. You know, it's like, and it, it's, it's fucking, it's thick as the stand. <laughs> and oh, he's reading, he's writing two of these a year. I mean, and they're like oversized paperbacks too. We're not, we're not talking like, like, uh, you know, a pocketbook size. This is like a, uh, uh, what is it called? Trade size paperback. Trade size thin paper. Fucking <laughs> thick. We're, they they got to be large print editions. That's all I have to say. <laughs> and no one in, and no one in this this world has a Kindle. Right. Everybody's throwing these big hardcovers away. I, uh, but all right, for you, most insulting part of the ending. Most insulting part of the ending. Did we ruin the ending? Do we have? Have we ruined? No, we we can ruin. We ruined it already. It probably. Yeah. I, I feel I feel comfortable ruining this ending because honestly, if you see this film and you don't see the ending coming, you you're, you're not going to enjoy the film. I mean, you shouldn't. You should be watching something different. I don't know. I just, right. I, I feel a bit of a dick ruining the ending, but honestly, how how blatantly obvious is the ending? It's very obvious. Right. Very obviously. Uh, you know what? Uh, the most insulting. The most insulting for me is probably the fact that when he stands up, the brother out of that wheelchair, the brother, yeah, yeah, and he kind of stands over him, and he's just screaming, "Who are you? What are you?" It just no. Before that though, again, this is like my my the same problem I had with the American version of let the let the right one in. Let me in. No, well, that's the American version. Let me in, right? Yeah. Um, that's what you said. You had a problem yeah, with the American, the American version. version. Again, it's it's the excess verbiage. So he's the guy's laying there dying. He's been stabbed in the back. I think I'm dying. Uh, that's that's good. Thank you for letting us know because <laughs> I assume being stabbed in the back is a temporary. You took the bullet well, but I guess right. the knife in the back's the final straw. And the way you're yeah. laying can't be comfortable. No, so then it's... the brother gets up. He's been in a wheelchair the whole time. We've assumed he can't walk. He gets up, and the man lying there dying takes the time to say. You can walk. <laughs> Glad you noticed. You're you're walking. walking. Glad you noticed. Thanks for telling us. For yep. for those of you in the audience who missed that, he was in a wheelchair. Now he's walking. Um, and he does your thing where he where he says he says, "Who are you?" And I'm thinking, I'm Batman. Yeah. <laughs> he says, "What are you?" I am the end. And then he his eyes go like this CGI black, yeah. CGI black, which looks really oh, bad it does. too. It does. Now, if 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 they if they hadn't done the CGI thing with the eyes, right, almost would have been a good scene. Almost. Almost. 
But like they had to do that one extra thing. Okay, now we have to let you know that he's not, you know, that he's evil. Because up to this, you know, now that we've heard all this, we have no idea. No, right. I mean, now is that is that what, what, so what is that what insulted? insulted oh, pardon me. I'm I'm, it's I'm okay. losing it. Is that what insulted you the most about the ending? Was that whole thing with the eyes? <sighs> yeah, I mean, maybe the 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 fade out scene to the church where she's smiling, the agent is there, he's smiling, and then they, they pan over to the brother standing, uh-huh. uh, giving a sermon, and everyone's just like, hey, wasn't he in a wheelchair a couple of days ago? I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, That's the miracle, right? Right. Uh, other than that, then yeah, that probably Dude, was the most uh, see, insulting. You know what insulted me the most? What's was that? The, the, this film... Being made? No, no, the, the film... Now, it's bad enough that this film thinks it's clever. Right. The film, after revealing the big reveal, which we all saw coming after the first 15 minutes of the movie, then proceeds to do the lengthy saw, okay, now let's show flashback recaps. Oh, that's right. I, You know what? I completely forgot watch, about it, that. It's like, oh. Well, where it, exa- it explains to you, like, listen, um, since... There are some of you that didn't predict this ending. We're going to show the entire backstory from beginning to end, put the pieces together for you so that when we're done, you go, wow. And, and the sad part is it's bad enough that it's that's that. But when you realize that that's what they did at the end of every Saw film, it's like, oh, is, isn't right. this adorable? He still thinks he's making good films. And, <laughs> oh, and again, you know, I'm sure some people don't think Saw is good films. Okay. Um, he's, that is it's true. adorable. He, he, he thinks he's revealing stuff to us. That's kind of a shock. And now, and if you go back to this, you know what? I want, I want to change my answer. What? Yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough. That he, they, he did it. He does it for a solid two or three minutes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for, it's for a while. It, it, they really show a lot of footage. 20, well, cause he does it for like, like a, a solid minute. And then like, there's a pause. You're thinking, okay, fine. He's like, Oh no, 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 no. Here's more. <laughs> it's like, are we recapping the whole film? Now, and and just to add insult to injury, during this entire climactic ending, he's got the girl who we know is in on it. Thank you, right? right. Running to get the film developed that he found in the camera of the guy that threatened to shoot his brother. Right. And this is going to reveal something. We're following her to the shop, and we're trying to build tension here with this. And then we get the tension, and you get to her sh- looking at the photos, right? Right. Then. The reveal is, oh, she's in on it because she's burning the photos. Right. They don't fucking show us what's in the photos. You you briefly see that it's just pictures of the goddamn windows briefly. of the father's briefly. room. Briefly. Briefly. That's all you really see as they're burning. Not enough to even get an idea of okay, what what was what was what was what 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 why was why is she burning? It was. There's no. There's. If they at least shown you why she's burning them, no. you know, I mean, but they should. No. I mean, it, ah, no, they didn't even show that at all. So, so it's it's. I, I think it was uh, the, the main. The, what they were going for with that was to. It's supposed to be a red herring. Red, yeah. Yes, but here's here's yes. my problem. That's what I, that those were the words I was looking for. But for a red herring, if you're gonna spend ten minutes plot time and screen time building up this red herring mm-hmm. reveal it at the end 
<laughs> Show me what the fucking photo is. And, I mean, even when she's lighting it, I'm thinking, okay, and we're going to get a close-up as it burns. No. Okay, it's going to zoom in on the pile and give us a close-up as it burns. No. Okay, so we're not allowed to see what is so important that she had to burn them. Okay, I understand that. Fuck you. Fuck you, <laughs> film. Fuck you. Fuck you and you know, your fucking it's like, it's ass. Like the, you know what? You know what it is? It was the one moment where I actually want, I was had a curiosity. Think about it. Throughout the rest of this film, was there anything you were curious about? You were like, oh, I wonder if they'll explain this. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. The lad, the only thing in this film suddenly that I have like even a mild curiosity about that I don't really know 100% was, I wonder what was on that camera. It's the <laughs> only thing that I actually don't know. Everything else about this film, I know. I've predicted. It's been slapped in the face. I know. But I don't know what's on these pictures. Uh, and, How much you want to And bet? I'm like, oh, here's the reveal. No, no. The one thing that you was actually curious about, we're not going to show you. How much you want to bet when the DVD comes out, Blu-ray, one of the extras is going to be a slideshow of those pictures? It, you know what? How much do you want to bet that is going to be a selling point for this You know movie? what those pictures are going to be? I, you take a guess. You know what they are? I, I can tell you exactly what they're going to be. They're going to be... Um, I it, From what I saw, it just looked like there were pictures of the father's room, the windows. It looked like there was a lot of like crosses. It, I, I'm telling you right now, every single one of those pictures is going to be a picture of writer-director Darren Lynn Bousman bent over with his pants pulled down with my toothbrush sticking out of his ass. <laughs> That's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be ha ha. And you've been not only not only did we fuck you with this ending, but you've been brushing your teeth with that. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, I can see that. That's that's. Uh, seriously, what what the no? What, what? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I hey, I think it's a perfect time for a quick break so you can read the terrible game and we can end yeah, the show. My, my my patience is between this and and douche nozzle on the fucking internet. I can't take it anymore. Yeah, I, I got a headache. I, I oh. Oh, all right, all right. We'll, we'll take a breather. I'll I'll get the terrible game, and we'll we'll do that and wrap this up on a high note. All, all right. right. Sounds oh, good. Oh, by, right. by the way, I, I just well, have to say, you, you do yeah. realize there's another film called Eleven Eleven Eleven, don't you? Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, it's it's the straight to video knockoff one. Yeah, it, it's great because one has dashes and one has slashes. So fucking stupid. I guarantee you the knockoff came out first, and they're like, "Fuck, we can't use the slashes now." I bet the knockoff's the better movie too. Uh, the, Somehow, actually, the, I bet the knockoff is the better actually, movie. The knockoff only has two stars. Uh, the theatrical one has, has four. Okay. It might actually be the worst one. Okay then. <laughs> All right, let's take a break, and then <laughs> we'll, right. we'll do the terrible game. All right, cool. Joey, do you have time to read these days? I don't. I have a kid. <laughs> Me neither. But you know what? I listen to books. Oh, you do? I download audiobooks at audible.com. There you go. Right now I'm listening to Shock Value, how a few eccentric outsiders gave us nightmares, conquered Hollywood, and invented modern horror. I think you can get that link from our site, too. Uh, well, not for that, but for Audible. No, yeah. well, the audible.com. Yeah, and you can get that book through audible.com. You go to our website, moviesucktastic.com. You go to the podcast page. And on the lower left-hand corner, there's an audible.com link. Click on that. You get a two-week free uh, trial. And we get a kickback. And we and and, and we need it. Please. Yeah. Well, I, I, we don't ask for donations, but this is a good way to keep the show running. This microphone is, has more tape on it than my balls. <laughs> That's a lot of tape. 
That is quite... You know what? You go, go to audible.com. Audible.com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so long i'm sorry no it's okay oh. it was a much much needed rant wow what are you gonna do it happens you know it happens sometimes you just gotta say <laughs> anyway all right on, on, anyway on, on to on to more pleasant uh issues right. uh need another episode in the movie Sucktastic theaters mm-hmm. uh the terrible uh, what's the word i'm looking for god damn it let me try it again ready uh take two and now for movie sucktastic theaters serialization of the terrible game the novel by dan tyler moore adapted into the film jim Cotta. we begin at the near the end of page 11 the queer peaked saddle felt uncomfortable like sitting on a merry-go-round horse it came up to a point both in front and behind, hemmed one in. Jonathan looked over at his father. Where had he seen that picture before? Then he remembered. An illustration in his book on the adventures of Marco Polo. He ran his fingers through the thick, woolly fur on the pony's neck. They were Mongol steps ponies, all right. Even the saddles were, were from Mongolia. The heavy brass stirrups were closed in the front like brass boot toes, just like the ones in the museum. He studied the ponies, about four feet high, 
obviously very strong and hardy despite their small size. Jonathan was struck by their large, ungainly heads and by their small, wicked eyes and evil expressions. Their manes were short and bristled up like hair brushes. Jonathan was particularly intrigued by their tiny ears and by their mule-like tails. Short hair over most of the tail and a lion's tuft at the end. They were a freakish dun color with darker backs and legs and almost white bellies. Jonathan shouted to his father, Where do these animals come from? He saw that in spite of the extreme leverage of his snaffle bit, his father was having trouble controlling his pony. I bought them from a zoo down south. This one's name is Tamerlane. Yours is Genghis Khan. They are good examples of what the scientists call Prejavagus' horse. Yeah. It's the only wild horse still in existence. How about the wild horses in our prairie states, Dad? The ones in Montana and Wyoming? Those are just descendants of domestic horses that escaped into the wilds. His father stroked the furry neck of his mount. <laughs> Prejavagus' horses is no more domesticated than the tiger in the zoo, so watch out for them. Never turn your back on them, even for an instant. If they get a chance, they'll try to bite your head off, or even worse, kick you into the middle of next week. His father horse shied violently, and Jonathan could see the strength his father exerted to bring him under control. I had a devil's own time breaking these horses for riding. Afraid I haven't done a very good job on this one. Little like trying to break a Bengal tire, tiger. For a while, it looked as if they were going to break for me first. Almost expected to end up with a saddle and bridle on. <laughs> Jonathan could literally feel the wild, nervous energy of his pony. It seemed to be transmitted. <laughs> shut up. It seemed to be transmitted like a current along the reins of his hands. He found it impossible to post to the swift jogging trot. Are these ponies faster than regular horses? His father shook his head. They certainly are, running by themselves, but they haven't been deployed to carry a rider. Our thoroughbreds can beat them on a racetrack, but these would still be going a week later. No horse on earth could beat one of these in a race from Washington to Cleveland. Why did you get them, Father? They must have been expensive. I don't see what use they are except as curiosities. His father looked at him with a faint smile. I bought them to make big overgrown rascals who are being paid $300 a month to do the job and not ask questions. Ask questions. That's weird. <laughs> Jonathan felt his face grow warm. Anyone who didn't ask questions about a, situa uh, about a situation like this, Dad, <laughs> would have to be just plain crazy. His father chuckled. I hope sometime I can tell you exactly what this is all about. How much, Jonathan, you are helping with something really important. I'm going to stop there. Okay. Uh, my favorite. The terrible My game. favorite line. Jonathan can. This, this is going to be on the blog when I post this episode. Jonathan can literally feel the wild, nervous energy of his pony. Of, of his pony. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. It, it gets better every week. <laughs> it really does. I'm only on page 12 now. No, 13. We're yeah. on page 13, and we actually jumped two pages this week. Oh, okay. Uh, it just it gets better every week. Thir 13 down, yeah. 143. Uh, uh, before we go, sir. Yeah. I want to recommend a good film that okay. I was reminded of by 11, 11, 11. Hmm. Have you ever heard of it? What might that it's be? It's a film called The Nameless. No, I never heard it's of it. It's on Netflix. Well, you know what? Let me 
let me look it up real quick because even though I've never heard of it, I might have seen it and just not known the name. The film, it's about a, a woman whose child is kidnapped. It's foreign. Yes, foreign film. That's why, That's it's, why good. it's good. <laughs> uh, this woman, uh, her daughter is stolen from her as a child. Uh, okay. She grows distant. She leaves her husband, and she's really given up all why hope. Does this, why does this name look familiar, this director? I'm not sure. I think this director just got uh, just got given a big movie to direct. Really? Yeah. You'll have to check that out right now while I'm explaining the film. I am. So, And all of a sudden, years later, she gets this call from someone claiming you to know, be her daughter. You know what? what? You know what else this director has what? done? REC and REC2. Oh, wreck, wreck, and wreck two. Which, which, uh, wreck? They were both good. Yeah, they were excellent, both of them. Oh, um, that, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. So, but the, the main thing, the reason this that eleven, eleven, eleven reminded me of the nameless, is the nameless mm-hmm. eventually involves this cult that is all about evil, and is all about causing pain, not just physical pain, but like crippling emotional pain oh mentally too yeah it's it's and it's all about just how the like just how fucking evil you can be and it's the ending is awesome not i'm not saying 100 percent unpredictable but it's just so such a good ending and 11 11 11 reminded me of this because it just shows you can take a simplistic plot about Oh, an evil cult, and still make a great film right. by having a concept or a clue on how to write a screenplay. That helps. Yes, it does. You know, it certainly does. I'm trying to. I don't now, think not being a film buff, I'm not really sure. I know what a good play yeah, is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you know what the hell you're talking but, uh, about. Uh, you know what? The other director just might have the same first name, and that's why it's thrown. Oh, me really? Off. Okay. Yeah, but I I could have sworn that I saw this name attached to uh, a big film. Well, just said, oh, this this director just got greenlit. To, why don't you check it? Why do... don't you check it IMDb right now while we're talking about it? No, it doesn't say any. It doesn't, doesn't re- ring any bells. Okay, hmm, that's interesting. Oh wait a minute. You know where you find it? Uh, I remember what I thought I saw. It was Akira. Oh, did you see who got asked? That? It was it was. Yeah, it's Kristen Stewart. <laughs> but it was your it was your post. Was that a was that a movie sarcastic post yes, by the way? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh. Let me just look it up real quick because if it is, it'll take me to the link and one of the, one of the most groundbreaking animated films ever, and and no, not fucking Fantasia, and they're gonna make it into a CGI clusterfuck. Yes, it they is are. amazing. It is amazing how far gone we are, and oh, I mean, I mean, not being a film buff, I don't know if I can decide. Okay, it. what the the first name is the same, but it is a different director. Ah, okay. It's I don't even know how to pronounce his first name. It's J A U M E. The same way, the Jones. same way you pronounce those horses in in uh, the terrible game. Oh, okay. There's a, you know what? There's a J next to a V. His name is I guess it's Wom. Wom. Bal- Balugero, which is the guy that did uh, the movie you're talking One about, piece. the nameless REC, REC2, right. and a guy slated for Akira, his name is Wom Colette Sarah. Oh, 
almost identical. They could be twins. Yeah. Well, it was the first name that I that really stuck out. For in, me. in in my defense, sir, uh, mm-hmm. the name of the horses in this in this book, there's a yeah. J next to a V. I'm not even trying. Uh, it's just, it's, 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 that's that's no. I'm not. No. And there's no. JV no. anything? No, done. That's it. Now the director that's doing Akira, his directorial or his films is House of Wax. Oh, God! This one, Paris Hilton. Goal Two, Living the Dream. It's a soccer movie. Uh-huh. He did that film Orphan. Oh, that was with the the girl Fuck. that. Yeah, the, the yeah. one, the one where the goddamn. Com- the the kid. no, but but the commercial. Right. They they they. I, they had a trailer for the DVD as a featuring uh, deleted scene or alternate endings, and they revealed the ending in the trailer for the DVD. Yes, you're right. I was like, son like, of uh, a cause... bitch! <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Uh, and then he did Unknown with Liam Neeson, which was uh, awesome. the, the fall. No, you're thinking of Taken. Oh, Unknown. That was dull. I haven't seen Unknown yet. It's not bad, but have you seen? Okay. You, you've seen uh, um, the uh, the Born the Born uh, Identity, right? The first one. Oh, f- yes. The first one, the Born yes. Identity. Yeah. Yes, you've seen that, right? Okay, you've seen Unknown, except the only difference is uh, you're gonna, you're going to take all the coolness of the character of the Born Identity, and you're going right. to condense it in the last five minutes. Oh, Other than, okay. it's not a bad film, but you've seen it, and you've seen it already. And, sure. In in uh, Taken, Liam Neeson snaps and like spends the whole film fucking people up. Right. In Unknown, it's just the opposite. Like he he spends the whole film like not fucking people up and then snaps at the end. Oh, great. Again, not a bad film, but just right. be prepared to be a little annoyed. That's the guy. Okay, so that's the guy doing it. Yeah, no, but no, again, unknown. Actually, it, I recommend seeing it, but you will be annoyed because you're expecting Taken, and it's like the, it's just, okay. you know. Apparently, that's a pretty popular name in Spain because he's born and raised in Barcelona, Spain. Well, there you go, and and so he probably belongs to the church. He, maybe yeah. you never know. He was. Maybe he knows it. what was on those fucking photographs. We should. We ask. should. Get him on the show. Yo, I'm sure we yeah. can. Okay. We'll get him to defend Batman Returns. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody listening thinks you can defend Batman Returns, what's the outline number again, Joey? It's 908-514-4470. I guess we're ending the show right we, now. We are on the demand that one of you people who thinks I'm full of shit on Batman Returns, defend uh-huh. your film. Defend it. Call up. Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell us how that is a work of genius, how that is better than most of the films coming out of Hollywood today. Please explain that to me in detail. I want to hear it. And especially you, uh, cowardly asshole. I'm expecting a call from you <laughs> shortly. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for joining us. This is episode 52. Uh, please visit our website. It uh, We like it a lot, and we think you oh, will it's an awesome site. Thank you. You can download all of our episodes there. You can listen to all of our episodes there with the brand new MP3 Which player that was just implemented. Awesome. 
Thank Love you. Love it. Uh, you can go to iTunes and listen to us there. While you're there, we'd appreciate it if you gave us some reviews. You can download the Stitcher application and listen to us on your smartphones. I- iPhone, Android, iPad, doesn't matter. Um, you can email us at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com or you can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. That means you, CA. <laughs> uh, so you have any wisdom? Yeah, don't fuck with me. Don't Seriously, fuck with me. I mean, what's that best line? Uh, I, I, uh, Men in Black. Don't want no trouble? Don't start no trouble. Oh, I like pitch black better. <laughs> what? Look clear. What? No, 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 no. He did not know who he did was fucking with. Did not know who he was fucking with. No, my, my right. word of wisdom is really, if, if, you, if you're going to sling shit the minute someone criticizes a film you don't like, maybe you should just shut the fuck up. Because there, right. there's no need for it. Really. Mm-hmm. I w- I w- I, that, that's it. I agree. You know, and, and luckily this guy came along. Otherwise, my words of wisdom was going to involve people in Mercedes who don't go in the light screen. <laughs> sure, don't don't just wave at me when I honk. Move your fucking car. I don't care if you're in a suit. Yeah. But no, now it's, it's listen, if you like Batman Returns, that's great. If you're going to give me shit because you like Batman Returns, go fuck yourself. <laughs> All, right. All right. I am done. I, I am done and a half, sir. Okay. All right. We will. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll. 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 we'll... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll go on that. <laughs> we'll. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, people. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>